Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Here we go, a big weekend. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Friday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome to bright, sunny, beautiful downtown Hamilton, Ohio. I mean, it's been like clockwork, boys, this week. Every day. Every day. That's right, Tom. That's right. Why do you have that grin on your face? I'm well, saying it's a beautiful day here in Hamilton, Ohio. Good morning, Reed. Good morning, Elliot. Good morning, Casey. Now, morning. why the grin? Well, you said it with your tongue and your no, cheek. No, I did not. Yes, you did. No, I did not. No, I did. I mean, there's not a single cloud to be found here in downtown Hamilton. When I left, just on the edge of Claremont County this morning, I mean, there were clouds everywhere. It was rainy, terrible. Mm-hmm. I get within... Three miles to the border here in Hamilton, and it is just awesome. But life is just the time spent between hours in Hamilton, Ohio, Tom. There's no doubt. Big weekend here in Hamilton. Big weekend everywhere. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10, hey. 12. Hey. You can find us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. I believe, Casey McAllister, we are live on Twitter. X. That's correct. Right? X. You got to call it X. 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 Elon Musk. Yes. Uh, and that's at Seabox Sports. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, and our numbers are just blowing up, better than 25 to 35% month-by-month growth. It's unbelievable. We say thank you. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. We are T-minus 27 hours and counting. For tomorrow's 1 o'clock clash between the Cincinnati Bengals, winners of two straight games and very much in the hunt for a playoff spot, against the Minnesota Vikings, another team, Right in the mix for a postseason spot. With that in mind, look, through everything that the Bengals have been through this year, for both of these teams, which certainly makes it worth watching, it is a huge game tomorrow. Every game's huge. We're in the final sprint now, final four weeks of this NFL regular season. Vikings are really beat up. Going back to losing their starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins. They announced yesterday that starting running back Alexander Madison will not play tomorrow. He hurt his ankle last week. Also with an ankle injury last week, their starting right tackle, Brian O'Neill, has been ruled out. And former Bengal, Hakeem Adeniji, is expected to start in his place. How about that? In addition, star wide receiver Justin Jefferson is listed as questionable. He had missed two months. He comes back last week, takes a brutal hit, chest injury, flip of the coin. For the home team, full speed ahead. Jamar Chase, we're told, is set to go, but how healthy really is that ankle? We're about to find out. He only had three catches for 29 yards last week. Tomorrow's game, yes, it's on the NFL Network, but in our local market, in Cincinnati anyway, you can watch the game on Channel 9. Former Bengals coach Kyle Kasky who has his very own show right here on Chatterbox. He will join us just after 11 o'clock. On the who cares front, the Los Angeles Raiders put up 63 points in a rout of the hapless LA Chargers last night. It was 42 to nothing at halftime. At halftime, when Richard Sherman of the NFL Network called for Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, to be fired at halftime. 
He borrowed my material about handing the guy a Greyhound bus ticket. He is stealing my material. I've never heard anybody else say that. But he called for Staley to be fired at halftime. We'll talk more about that. And how about Big Ben Roethlisberger? Did you see this yesterday? He called out Steelers coaches and Steelers players on his podcast. He says coaching is to blame for this offense. He says they take silly timeouts when they get, can't get plays in, which has cost them later in games, case in point last week when they were out of timeouts, couldn't kick a field goal. He added that there are a number of Steelers players who are strictly in it for themselves and not the team. Big Ben. Love Big Ben. Ohio guy, through and through. Made a mistake going to Miami, but Ohio guy, through and through. Made a lot of mistakes, Tom. Well, he did. We all do. Pittsburgh, by the way, plays tomorrow night in Indianapolis, and Bengal fans will be watching that one. They need Detroit to beat Denver tomorrow night. The Browns will host the Bears on Sunday. I got to tell you. I know a lot of people around here don't want to give credit in any form or fashion to Cleveland. But for my money, if they get in the playoffs with all they've been through, Kevin Stefanski is the landslide winner for the NFL Coach of the Year. It is mind-boggling, the injuries. It's staggering. Three more starters this week out for the year. Tackle Dewan Jones. They're outstanding safety, Grant Delpit. And I'm going to try this one. Edge rusher, Ogbo Okoronkwo. Is that right? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty that was good. Great, okay, I, I'm not. But I, the point of all this is it, it, it really is unbelievable how Cleveland just continues to play and continues to win. And we'll see if it's going to finally catch up with them. Sooner or later, you got to believe it is. They're one game ahead of the Bengals. Houston, meanwhile, will play without quarterback C.J. Stroud. He's still in concussion protocol. Another team, the Bengals, are behind in the playoffs. They play at Tennessee on Sunday. We'll have our weekend picks of all of these games and more coming up later. College football, the bowl season officially begins this weekend. It's great timing because Elliott has come out of retirement Woo! from gambling. Woo! So you're back. I'm back, baby. I, it's like I never left, Tom. Listen. Well, I, it's damn near close. It's, <laughs> it's a matter of hours. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we didn't even get we didn't even get Monday yesterday. We got about seventy two, not even seventy two. It, it was hours. more like a vacation than a retirement. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was retirement. I got the gifts and everything. We had we threw a party. But here's the thing: they asked me yesterday around. I think it was around seven o'clock. Tom Reed texted our little our, our little work group chat. He said, "Elliot, who's your pick tonight? Who's the pick?" And I said, I, I, as serious as I've ever been, I said, "You know what? I'm going the Las Vegas Raiders minus three. <laughs> and Tom, what a victory! Thank you. What a vi- what you. a way to come back out. And no, Trace, my boss, he was making fun of me. He said everybody should fade the pick. Nope. If you would have done that, you would have been embarrassed, just like Brandon Staley was. Minus three was free. They won forty-two to nothing at halftime. And then the rest of the game really didn't matter at all. Were you ever worried? Did you think that that pick was ever in doubt? Yeah. That that, that pick, if there was ever a pick to not be in doubt for one little second, it was that pick. Not, they fumbled it three straight times. It's impossible what they did. That was the most uncompetitive National Football League game I've ever seen, Tom. 
Uh, and I think you'd have a lot of people that would agree with that. So you're back on the train. That's right. Or will you be heavily engaged in the college football bowl season? Yay or nay? From a gambling standpoint on Betfred Sports. I don't think so. I, I try to. What do you bet. mean you don't think so? Well, it's just because you don't know. It's like the NBA. You can't. You don't know who's playing and who's not playing. So you got half these kids who are trying to either go to the NFL or they just don't care about the bowl game in general. So I don't know. Who do you got in the uh, the Cure Bowl? The avocados from Mexican Mexico Cure Bowl. Who's in that one? Miami Redhawks, and I don't know who else. I'll I'll take whoever else. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that because oh. there is local flair. To kick all this off, it starts at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Ohio, the Ohio University takes on Georgia Southern in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. That starts at 11 o'clock on Espen. The Bobcats in that one are going to play without MAC Offensive Player of the Year, Curtis Rourke. Mm. He announced that he is transferring to Indiana University yesterday. Mm. Good for him. Good luck to him. Um... Miami of Ohio, the MAC champions, as we mentioned, taking on Appalachian State is the answer to that question. And that is in. I'll as, definitely uh, take Appalachian State. As in Reed said, that is the Mexico Cure Bowl. Avocados. From Avocados from Mexico. Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl at 3.30 on ABC. Mexico is a really nice place, I would imagine, this time of year. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, sure. Except the game's in Orlando. <laughs> You think I'm joking? I'm not. Speaking of college sports, now how about the NCAA yesterday? Okay, did you see what happened really this entire week? So two days ago, a judge in West Virginia issues a 14-day temporary restraining order, TRO, against the NCAA, allowing all two-time transfers to be able to play starting immediately. And one of those is, of course, Jameel Reynolds, who transferred from Temple to UC. He theoretically could play tomorrow night when the Bearcats take on Dayton. Then yesterday, the NCAA comes out and says, hey, here's the deal now. Any of these transfers who decides to play over the next two weeks will lose their eligibility for this entire season. Is this for real? Is this for real? So the NCAA, who can't find the time in their ever-so-busy schedules to get back to Reynolds and dozens, if not hundreds of other 18- to 22-year-old kids who are just waiting for a chance to resume their collegiate athletic careers, the NCAA is going to deny them this season if they follow the law of the land and right now for 14 days the tra tro is the law of the land it, there are no words there are no words in baseball the rich get richer days after signing free agent pitcher shohei otani free agent player and pitcher the dodgers are close to making a deal with tampa bay to acquire starter Tyler Glasnow and an outfield. The deal is contingent on Glasnow, who's a free agent at the end of the year, working out a long-term contract with the Dodgers. Now, here's what the Dodgers are giving up. 
their 13th and 19th ranked prospects. Okay? A 26-year-old pitcher, 26, who has 70 major league innings over two years, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And a 25-year-old outfielder with less than 50 big league at-bats. So I only bring that up. Does it make anybody out there wonder, anybody, if really the Reds, when the time came to make a deal, people were asking for their current major league player, young players? I don't know. And I'm not going to call anybody a liar. I don't know. But the Dodgers are giving up two guys. Hey, look, they might both go to the Hall of Fame. I have no idea. You know what's even more amazing about this deal? The outfielder that's coming to the Dodgers in this deal with Glass now, the Tampa Bay Rays, who average about 10,000 fans a game. They are sending those two players and $4 million to the Dodgers. I mean, it, it, it's the weirdest sport and the weirdest game that I, I, I think, and it gets weirder by the day. Because the outfielder's salary is $12 million, and the Rays have agreed to pay four of the $12 million. So here's Glass now. Here's the starting outfielder. Here's $4 million. Now it frees up $33 million from their payroll because Glass now was owed $25 million. You toss in the eight for the outfielder, there's 33. So it opens up $33 million bucks for them. <laughs> Something is really screwed up about that game, man. Are the, are A the, lot of things are screwed up about that sport. Are the Los Angeles Dodgers the most uh, competent front office in Major League Baseball? Well, I because don't know. They spend a lot of money, sure, and everyone says that they always spend a lot of money. But, I mean, who has had more, who's brought up more talent in the last 30 years than the Los Angeles Dodgers? They probably have won like seven Rookie of the Year awards in that time. And on top of that, they make these trades that on paper seem incredibly smart, right? I mean, like they, they get $4 million giving up two middle tier prospects for a Cy Young caliber pitcher and Tyler Glass now. Well, I mean, in fairness, they're starting, in my opinion, They've only won one World Series since now 1988. since 1988. They continue to win 100 games every year and win their division and all those kinds of things. But to me, they're starting to look a lot like the Yankees after they won the three in a row back in the late 90s, early 2000s. They're starting to turn into a team with everybody else's players. Their three best players That's fair. are That's Freddie fair. Freeman, Mookie Betts, and now Shohei Otani. That's fair. Right? <clears throat> right? I mean, they had Trey Turner. He wasn't one of their guys. He was a he was. They they acquired him from Washington. You know, right? That's they right. uh, you know, and uh, what's his name? They gave him a chance. They were smart. Reds never gave Justin Turner a chance. He was with Boston last year, but he had monster years in L.A. Reds had him for a little while. Never got him to the big leagues. Um, okay. Anyway, so that's really what's going on. We have uh, lots today. We're going to talk in a few minutes, and I certainly hope that I am pronouncing his name correctly um, when I say this. Chad Brendel, of course, runs Bearcat Journal. And in just a little while, Keegan Nickerson is going to join us to talk about this whole Jameel Reynolds thing because Wes Miller and Jameel Reynolds and a number of other people are having to sit down today. 
if not last night, after this ruling came out by the NCAA, to talk about what Reynolds is going to do. He was supposed to have found out the first week of December if the NCAA was reconsidering his petition as a two-time transfer to get eligibility back. That's what they told the UC Athletic Department a little over a month and a half ago. Here we are in the second week, almost at the end of the second week of December. He still hasn't been told. I mean, I'm sure they're just overwhelmed with things to do there at the NCAA. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Michigan must be taking up all of its time. But now Reynolds is faced with, okay, if I come back and play during this 14-day temporary restraining order, just step on the floor. I could lose my eligibility for the entire year. So he's going to have to wait at least now another two weeks, totally hanging in limbo. And he's not alone. There are others out there. It's a mess. So that and more coming up. But it is a big, big football weekend. And Casey, your Cincinnati Bengals. We have lots to get to today. We'll talk a lot about the Bengals. Um, he, we have picks coming up today. As I mentioned, we'll talk a lot about the Bengals in this matchup, which is an interesting matchup. I get the feeling, and, and I'm guilty of this. Maybe you're not. I don't want to speak for you. I get the feeling that we're all kind of looking at this game as a layup for the Bengals. But the more and more you start looking at you know, some of the numbers, and especially this defense led by Brian Flores, uh, the amount of blitzing that they do. Uh, some of the numbers on Jake Browning are a little misleading against the blitz because in 214 yards against the blitz, 77 of them came on one play to Jamar Chase on the touchdown against Jacksonville. But, I mean, look, Browning's look great. Are, are you feeling like uh, maybe a little overconfidence here in Bengal land despite only a 7-6 and six record, or am I off base? Uh, I, yeah, I think there's a little, there's a little too much confidence um, in, what they're, in this being a layup. I think this is somewhat of a trap game. I think that the Vikings match up really well against our defense, and if, if – they are going to continue to blitz. Yes, we've shown signs that we have a pretty pretty successful screen game, but the the numbers the numbers for Jake Browning are, like you said, a little misleading. If you look at him when he's under pressure, I mean he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league under pressure. So depending on what you're looking at when blitzed he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league but when under pressure one of the worst um if they get home right if that blitz is able to actually yep. get home then we're gonna have problems but if they are able to continue to run the ball successfully have a good screen game and pretty much do exactly what they've done the last two weeks then we'll be uh i think we'll be okay i think we'll be able to be able to move the ball on them but again, it's there. It, for me, it's not even our offense. It's what we can do to stop them because they're going to have Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. Maybe, maybe Jefferson. Maybe he said he's going to play. Okay, well we'll see. So I that that scares me. That those matchups scare me. 
you know, the thing is, it's it's amazing. We'll get into the Chargers thing here in a minute. But, um, I mean, the Raiders offense you saw last night against the Chargers, they scored 63 against the Chargers. The week before, they did not score a single point against Minnesota. Same guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sixty-three and nothing's a pretty big number. Correct, correct. There was there was, that was like we said about the Chargers. That was incredibly incompetent. I think they were handed about at least thirty-five of those points. Which, to be fair, that's still twenty-eight points. That's, so that's right. A, yep. That's a lot of points in the in the National Football League. So, listen, this this Vikings team is <laughs> they they you know styles make fights. That's what everyone says, right? And this is a style. This is a this is a matchup that you know the Vikings they look at it. And they say, listen, we match up very well with the Cincinnati Bengals. But I look at what these teams have done recently. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals scored more points from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock this past Sunday than the, the Vikings have scored in the last 25 days or something like that, in yep. the last three games. So this is a game to the, where the Bengals' offense is rolling in, playing well, scoring a lot of points. On the other end, the team's on their fourth quarterback, third, fourth quarterback, and they, they just won a game 3 to nothing. So this is a game at home. That you absolutely should win because you also have to win it. You got to win three out of your last four games. And if the Bengals show up sleepwalking, then that's a that's a serious uh it's a serious fall on Zach Taylor's record. That if you can't get up for this game, if 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 the team can't get up for a game that they have to win at home yep. against a third string quarterback, then I don't know what that says about the coaching staff. That being said, listen, this is this is a this is a style that this is a team that matches up very well against the Bengals. They've got a lot of weapons on the perimeter. Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson. We all know what we uh, struggle with against tight ends. Yep. And 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 on the other end, they're going to be blitzing a lot. They're going to be blitzing a lot when an inexperienced quarterback is taking the snaps, like Jake Browning. That can, that can cause a lot of problems. Can the Bengals counteract those blitzes? Can they get the run game going? Can they get the screen game going? All those things. It's going to be an interesting one, but it, it has to be a win for the Bengals tomorrow. Has to be. I And again, the Bengals are kind of getting fortunate here that they're, they're playing all the backups of the world in the last several weeks of everyone their season. Is. Everyone, everyone is. is. And, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's that. But Nick Mullins is not a world beater. He's not going to go out there and drop 300 on you. At least he shouldn't. This is a guy who, if you get to him, if you get to him, Tom, if you put pressure on him, he's going to make a mistake, and then you capitalize on the mistake. Casey is right, though. If the Bengals can 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 continue this run game that they've established the past several games now, they will win this game, and it will not be close. The Bengals should win this game by two touchdowns at least. Really, two touchdowns. See, two, two touchdowns. They don't have a running back. They don't have a quarterback. I don't know how they expect to score points. The Bengals' defense, granted, it, it, they have been bad. They give up a lot of yards. It seems like every wide receiver who runs downfield is wide open every time. Mm -hmm. Saying that, the Bengals' defense is one of the best in the league at forcing turnovers. If you force Nick Mullins into turnovers, Bengals will win this game by two scores. That's a guarantee. It, it's so interesting guarantee. how we have flip-flopped a month later. It is. Talking about, we were talking going into the Texans game. I was the one saying, like, the Bengals should, should win this game. They should dominate this game. There's nothing that we've seen over the past four weeks that says anything other than that. And then Elliot was over there going, like, this feels like a trap game. This feels like a trap game. Now it's completely 180 where I'm like, there's something weird that feels about this game because they should win this game. And Elliot's like, they should dominate this game. Yeah. They what? should. You can't, they should. You, they, they should. There is not a person out there that, that doesn't think that the Bengals should absolutely destroy the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. Destroy? Oh how, how do they – Tom, how are they going to score? 
They have Nick Mullins. I and they can't don't answer that, back. but I mean, I think you could you could have asked the very same question because at the end of the day, Nick Mullins has more experience than Kenny Pickett. Sure. As a starter in the NFL, okay? We could have asked this very same question about the matchup with the Steelers. All the Steelers needed to do to win that game was score 16 points. Now, it's been a very different Bengals offense since that game. There's no question about that. It's been one of the best, most efficient. They've gone back-to-back games, 34 points. Jacksonville, then last week against Indianapolis. But if their defense... Which, you know, when you look, they're a lot like, you know, we saw Kansas City early in the year. From the 20 to the 20, the, 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 the Vikings have given up yards. But what they don't do is they're among the top three in the league in fewest points allowed per drive. They're among the top three teams in red zone defense. They blitz like crazy. We've mentioned that already. So, you know, look. If they could come in here and find a way to hold the Bengals to 10, 13, 16 points. Right. I would I think they can find a way to score 10 or 13 or 16. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, though, that because you brought up that Justin Jefferson was still questionable, I wanted to just double check and make sure. I decided to look at the rest of their injury report. Yep. Brian O'Neill. They're a Pro Bowl left tackle or right tackle. Yep. I, I can't. Right tackle. Right tackle. I mean, that's a huge loss yes, for them. Is. Getting pressure on Nick Mullins is going to be the key to winning that ball game. If they can make him uncomfortable, if they can make him make mistakes, which he's very, very capable of making many mistakes, um, if you just look at the the starts that he's had in his career, um, Bengals on, on defense could could have a good day if they can get to him. But I I was more concerned about their offensive line being able to protect Nick Mullins. Um, Elliot and they have two guards that are hurt. Yeah, right, like they they're they're hurt. This yeah. team is hurting on on offense. So I'm uh, I feel a little bit more confident after looking at the injury report. But again, if they can hold us to like if they can make it a close game, I think they can. I guess is what we're getting at here is that this defense is very capable of holding us to sixteen, yep. seventeen points, and. One of the other things that uh, we haven't really touched on is EPA. I don't know. That's a kind of huge. Is that stati- an agency? No, <laughs> no. It's, an just, it's analytics. And it I know you're agency. not an analytical guy, but they're one of the best defenses in yeah. just expected points per play. Yeah, like they, exactly. they just they, they are a team that can really shut it down. The last two weeks, we've played teams that are in the bottom of, of that category. The Colts were like 23rd, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars – they were 20th when we played them, and now they're, like, much worse than that. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a little nervous about that offense-defense matchup as well. I, I, I'm looking at Nick Mullins' numbers. Again, he's played there – there's been two seasons out of his six-year NFL career where he's played significant time. 18 and 20. 18 and 20. In 18, he was – 18, he started eight games. He was sacked 17 times. He threw 10 interceptions on 13 touchdowns. And 20 – he had 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, sacked 19 times in eight games. Get to the quarterback, you're going to win the game. It, it's that simple. And, the, and by the way, his quarterback record in those years, 3-5, and 2-6. and six. Were the 49ers good in those years? Probably not. But I'm just saying, uh, if, if you get to this quarterback, and clearly he's taking sacks left and right. So get to the quarterback, win the game. You know, 
get to the quarterback that that's what we talked about with the Vikings, right? They're going to blitz a lot. They're going to try and create havoc for Jake Browning. And the Bengals have been very good at creating pressure on, on Nick Mullins. A, a, a thing that we haven't talked about is it feels like the Bengals have, have turned the ball over one time each of the last two games with an inexperienced quarterback and Jake Browning, who's playing fantastic. It seems inevitable that there's going to be a large turnover game, like losing the ball two, three times to a team. And in a game where you're at home, you, you absolutely can't do that. You can't do that in any game, yeah. really. And the Vikings, admittedly, they don't get the ball a whole lot, right? They're, they are near bottom third in, in turnover differential. So I have a, I just have a, a weird feeling that, and, it, and it's based on watching football games your entire life, you know whoever gets the, wins the turnover battle normally wins the game. Yeah. But I've got a feeling that tomorrow – there's going to be a, you know, a big disparity between the teams and who turns the ball over more or not. And whoever does that is going to win. Uh, I love the point made by Blackmore here. Oh, I don't know if you saw it or not. And I want to apologize for all the noise just outside of our studios. But our friends from Betfred Sports had an impromptu huge bash going on out there when they found out that Elliot was back on the wagon. Or off the wagon, true. I should say. That's fair. That's fair. They're going to win a lot of money from me, and, and they have. So, But here's the thing, Tom. Here's the thing. I can't wait to hear. I, these are probably words which are coming out of your mouth that maybe somebody who has a friend or a family member that's been a gambler has heard before. So please continue on. That's fair. <laughs> uh, you're, always, you're always one big win away from – from hitting there it is from hitting, <laughs> that's true from there hitting, it is from hitting generational wealth so that's what i'm going to try generational wealth generational uh, tom that lasts beyond generations for, for myself and my family i, I i'm going to try to win a couple bets here to set us up good and and it starts today it started last night but it starts today we start a new path and and, and from there if i can be a millionaire by sunday we're going to try it tom why not could i be in the whole 30 grand sure but it's all about it's all about the fight. Gambling isn't about wins and losses, Tom. You it's not. It's you know what it's about? You know what it's about, Tom? No. It's about the friends you make along That's the right. way. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I remember an old song, Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold him and know when to That's fold right. him. And That's apparently right. Elliot is straddling that fence. <laughs> Keegan Nickerson, kind enough to uh, join us today from Bearcat Journal. It's great to have you with us, man. Thanks for uh, being able to take the time to join us on short notice. How you doing? And an early Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. I'm doing great, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, I don't know what part of town you're in. I'm up here in Hamilton in our Chatterbox Studios, and it is a bright, sunny day today. It's been that way the I'm last three, four days. I'm about 15 to 20 minutes from you, so I'm experiencing the same thing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you're close yeah. to Hamilton, it's going to be sunny. There are no two ways about that. All right. <laughs> let, me get into, uh, let me get into this NCAA thing. Let's start with, with Reynolds. You know, this kid, I mean, look, and I know you could make this argument, Keegan, for a lot of different young men and women who are going through the same thing that he's going through right now, the kind of wait-and-see game. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, a, a total fly comes into the ointment with the announcement yesterday by the NCAA that if anybody steps on the floor and plays, in Reynolds' case, tomorrow against Dayton, that he would be subject to perhaps losing this entire year of eligibility. Um, let, let, let's start with 
where Reynolds is right now. What do you think is going to happen? What's going on with him and Miller and, and Reynolds' family, all, all the people that are involved in this decision about whether he's going to play tomorrow? Wes Miller, he said on his radio show last night with Dan Horde and Terry Nelson that it's ultimately going to come down to what Jamil wants to do. So Wes isn't going to force him to play and possibly year, lose a year of eligibility or force him not to play. Um, when you think about this whole situation, a lot of what has led to the discourse is powers that be trying to control what Jamil and Aziz can do. So Wes is trying to put it in Jamil's hands so he can make the decision for himself as a mature 20-year-old dude who has a lot of college basketball experience and knows what he wants to do. Um, in, in my opinion, I think it would be better to not take the gamble knowing the road ahead. I think the worst case scenario is you're two and one through these three games, you lose to Dayton, and then you win against Stetson and Merrimack. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make if Jamil does play, if that puts you over the edge against a team like Dayton, especially in his first game back. We saw Aziz. He had some struggles early after coming off of being ineligible. But I think it's a really interesting case of it's in Jamil's hands of what he wants to do. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of discussions between him and West Miller and the entire coaching staff before they make a hard decision. Why is it taken this long? You may not know the answer. I don't know if anybody knows the answer. My understanding was, if I read you guys correctly, is that the NCAA was going to tell the University of Cincinnati uh, in the first week or two of December uh, a final decision on Reynolds. Well, obviously, they haven't heard that. Now you're throwing in this 14-day temporary restraining order. Why is it taking them so long? That's the first part of a two-part question. And mm -hmm. if it's taken them that long, if he decides not to play and take that chance, is anyone led to believe that he will ultimately get a final answer in the next two weeks from the NCAA? Well, the, the question of why it's taken so long is why this is such a crazy situation because no one knows. Everyone, and Wes Miller included, is baffled at how the NCAA has handled this entire situation. Um, going back to when Aziz was ineligible, they sent a memo to UC saying, he checks all seven boxes to be eligible for a mental health waiver, but they couldn't pin down why he chose Cincinnati. So that's what was holding them back. So that reasoning there, it, it, it screams lawsuit, first of all, because you feel like you're holding them back for a dumb reason. But if he checks all seven boxes, he checks the boxes and he should be eligible. And then eventually after a lawsuit was filed, Aziz was ruled eligible. And then with this case, what I heard was they were expecting an answer by December 5th. They didn't get that answer. And now it's taken even longer to get to the TRO hearing. And now the preliminary injunction hearing is set for December 27th. And that's when you're expecting a full answer. Okay. But I just think no one is no one knows what the NCAA is supposed to be doing. And it's getting to a point where when things like this happen, that they're going to rule that they're going to take away a year of eligibility if they play and the court rules in the NCAA's favor on the 27th. Um, it's just baffling. And, and no, no one is expecting the NCAA to do the right thing when there's a clear chance for them to do the right thing on behalf of these student athletes. Yeah, I mean, it is just so screwed up uh, beyond description. Uh, before I let you go, two things I want to ask about. The current Bearcats without mm -hmm. Reynolds, um, undefeated. We know what happened against Xavier. 
a little sluggish, more than a little sluggish in the first half the other night against Bryant, but then looked very good in the second half. You mentioned the game tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I think it's a big game for UC because they were a little bit sluggish in that game against Bryant. And now you want to start gaining momentum before you're rolling into the mighty Big 12. Um, you know, Wes Miller had said his team was flat. They, they, it were a number of other things uh, in that Bryant game. I would suspect that we're going to see a little bit different UC team tomorrow night. You agree with that? Yeah, I think they they didn't have time to get their confidence back following the Xavier game after they had made some adjustments. That's basically what Wes said. Um, and he said those adjustments were necessary to be addressed, and they addressed them, and it took – I think it was 32 and a half minutes, and then they go on a 31 to five run and end up beating Bryant. Um, but for this Dayton team, it's it's a big game that you have to win because West Miller has admittedly said we don't need to do a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule because the Big 12 schedule is going to be one of the tougher ones in the entire country. So if you go 0 and 2 in those non-conference games in which you don't have to leave your own city to play them. That's not a good sign if you're on the bubble at the end of the year, which some people are already suspecting Cincinnati could be if they don't make a an unexpected run to be one of the top two or three teams in the entire Big 12. Um, but this is not any case where it's a small-time Dayton team who's going to come in and, you know, get rolled over on by Cincinnati. They're 7-2. and two. They beat LSU. They beat a Rick Pitino-led St. John's team. And Anthony Grant is a really historically good coach who's only had two seasons where he finished under 500 in his 15-year head coaching career. So I, I love the neutral site aspect of this at Heritage Bank. I think it's something that could be in the future. You know, you hold these events with the teams like Ohio State and Louisville and Kentucky, all these teams in this area, because there's so many good basketball teams in the tri-state going to Indiana and look at Indiana and Purdue, Notre Dame. Um, I just think there's a lot of potential. I think this game showcasing these two teams in this area sets a precedent for more games like this in the future. I'm with you all the way. All right, before I let you go, I, I'm told, Keegan, that you are a monster baseball player, one of the great moments in Cincinnati high school sports history, your two-run bomb in the first inning against Little Miami when you were, uh, <laughs> when you were uh, donning the uniform of the Ross Rams. Can you confirm or yeah. deny if that is true? I'll tell you what, you just saying that on this show is one of the best moments of my life. Um, I hit one. And there's a drive. One home run. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes it even better. I hit, oh, yeah. I hit one home run in my entire high school career, and it was that one. And we ended up, I think we won that game two to one off a right field assist. I tagged the guy out at home to end the game. It was one of my favorite moments. And then we sweep SWAC. So it was a fun season. That's nice. And you're an Indiana Hoosier. I have a son there. I was yes. in your old stomping grounds yesterday. I was back in really? picking him up and bringing him home last night. So uh, it's still looking good back there. Hoosier land. He's not He's not in the media school, is he? He is. He is. He is? He's, been he's doing in the media a lot of, Yeah, he's been doing a lot of uh, – he's got 12 men's basketball games this year where he's either doing the sidelines or the pregame, halftime, postgame. And he's got like uh, – I think five women's games. So he's been, he's already done a wrestle, Big Ten wrestling match. So he's been, yeah. uh, he's loving every second of it. It's an awesome place, man. Great place. Yeah. 
he'll end his career having done 200, 250 sporting events, just calling them. It, that place is awesome. It really it's is It's going to be up there with Syracuse Northwestern in the next couple of years. Well, I, I don't tell. think there's any doubt about it. Keegan, thanks so much for your yeah. time, man. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks, thanks so I much. It. I appreciate it. All right. Kind enough to yeah. join us from Bearcat Journal. Keegan Dickinson. He got fired up about that uh, home run. Yeah. He should be fired up. In, in southwest Ohio, we are blessed with uh, great high school websites, and I just looked up his uh, high school stats. It's all he had a home run, so I thought I threw that in the chat. You know what else he does on the side on top of doing the Bearcat Journal, Tom? He writes the sports stories for the Hamiltonian magazine that Trace and Sean put out. How about that? Yep. So How about that? Yeah. Local guy done good, as they yes, say. Yes, he is. He yes. still does that? Yeah. Does that. it on the side, yep. Freelance. Everett brought up a point. Why every time we have somebody on the show does the chat now when, when we have when we have Keegan on the show? Yeah. Okay, and he jumps on the link that we send him. Mm-hmm. Okay, can he see the chat? If he has no. YouTube up, he can't see the chat on the link. But if he had it up on his phone, he could see the chat. Okay. Why is it that everybody starts to beat down the guest? We- whether it's the way they look, whether it's what they're wearing, whether it's what's in the background behind them. You know, that, that has become almost a little world of its own now. You know what I mean? Of, of what's behind you uh, yeah. when you're getting interviewed. You know what I mean? Listen, I think it's... I mean, people make fun of Charlie Goldsmith. They say it looks like he's in a prison or he's <laughs> in a place where the rent goes day by day. I mean, what's the deal with you guys in here? Listen, it's we, we've set a precedent in the chat where... We're, <laughs> For the most part, it's just a bunch of guys goofing around, and it's it's not it's not Keegan. It, it's it's all guests. It's it's it doesn't extend just to the guests. It extends to Elliot, myself, Casey, Tom. I think people people are normally pretty nice to you, but you know it's all just goofing off. Like there's never never any harm intended from our chat. Roger says the only guy that's not had any hate is Botch. That's true. It's true. I tell you the dude who's got the best backdrop in all of them, we have got to get him back on. And if they stay in a playoff hunt, which they will because everybody's in a playoff hunt in the NFC South, is Big Low Country. Oh, yeah. That Big Low Country. In. I Big watched Low. him the other night, man. We got to get, get him on next week. You got to check this guy out. Yeah. Big Low Country, and it's country with a K. Those of you that this are dude the, is all over it. Those of you that are the OGs of, of this show who would know who Big Low Country is. <laughs> you can't forget him. You can't forget him. He, he's unforgettable. I mean, he's like this big. <laughs> I mean, he goes. He was an offensive lineman in college or a defensive lineman. He is a big dude. Now he's lost some weight here lately. If you see him now, you might be a little surprised. Really? Yeah, Big Low Country. I like that guy. His team is right in the middle of all of it right now, as is everybody else in that division. I and mean, he's, yeah. He's growing by the thousands, isn't he? he he's getting oh, bigger and bigger. There's, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta, obviously, he's a huge city. And the Falcons, there's good football fans down there. A lot of college football fans down there. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of followers for Big Low Country. We like him. We got to get him back on. And, and maybe there'll be a do-or-die game the last game of the year, and we'll get him on. Uh, we have Kyle Kasky coming up at 11. Are we going to have him guest pick again this week? No. No. Should we do that before we get to him or after we get to him? Uh, we'll do it. We'll, we'll end the show with that. Okay. We'll Let's talk about this, this Chargers thing last night. Okay. Um, you know, um, everybody and his brother uh, has been screaming and yelling about Brandon Staley, who, by the way, was an outstanding quarterback, you may not know, at the University of Dayton. He went 16-5 and his two years as a starter there. Uh, He's from Perry, Ohio, born and raised up north Um, at any rate. 
But a lot of people are screaming and yelling that Staley's got to get fired. Uh, he is a defensive-minded guy. He was a defensive coordinator for the Rams when they beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl three years ago. Then got the head coaching job that next season. He went 9-8 and eight his first year. He went 10-7 and seven getting the Chargers to the playoffs last year. This year, his team has been ravaged by injuries and quite honestly, very eh, slightly above average quarterback play from Herbert, who, you know, look, they got offensive line issues. It's not all on him. They've had wide receivers that have not played particularly well. Uh, they've got a running back who, who seems like he's always stirring up something. I mean, the guy never shuts up in Austin Eckler, never shuts up. Uh, and on defense, they've been ravaged with injuries, Bosa among many, 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 many others. Um, they down 42 to nothing last night. Now, at halftime, I have said this before, and, and I'll say it until I go to my grave. One of the three most impressive human beings that I ever had the chance to meet in my 25 years broadcast in the National Football League, and he might be in the top two, for sure top three, is Richard Sherman. This dude, from where he came from, growing up to going to Stanford, getting his degree, playing in the NFL, where he was just a great player. I mean, great player for years and years and years and years in Seattle. But he came on at halftime last night. And I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel. And please chime in on the chat. I want to hear what you guys have to say. We have the clip if you want it. You got the clip, Casey? Yeah, I've got – which one do you want first? Do you want Sherman or do you want uh, what he said at his presser? Do Sherman first. Let's hear Sherman, and then we'll hear from Staley at his press conference okay. after the game. All right, just give me a second okay. while I put this in right. here real quick. Okay. But it was brutal. I, I – at no point yesterday – I mean, if you're if, – by the way, if you're going to go out, you might as well go out like that. And, I mean, he burned all the bridges. Every bridge there was to burn, he found a way to burn it. You're so talking about Staley he, now. Staley now. Yeah. And he knew he was he knew his job was on the line. It's impossible to avoid all the noise. Saying that, yesterday getting down forty two to nothing to a team who didn't score a point the week prior is the all time way to go. Yeah. It's Here. the it's the all time way to go. But here's Sherman. I mean, this is one of the worst first halves I've seen from a team. It lo just looks like they've given up. They quit. They're, they they packed their bags. They packed all their suitcases. They booked their vacations, and they're ready to go. Brandon Staley, I hate, I hate to say this because you don't ever want to call for somebody's job, but they should fire him for. They should make history. They should fire him at halftime. <laughs> they should just hey, we got an Uber X carpool outside. And we'll, we'll send you on your way because right now I've never seen a team come out this uninspired. And to start Be playing. careful. Fitz and I picked the Chargers. <laughs> I mean, there's there's the Sherman clip. Are you ready for the, the Staley yep. clip? Staley was we'll asked talk about the head all coach. of this. He's asked about should he stay on as head coach of the Chargers after the game. Everything. I didn't do anything well enough to get us ready to play tonight. So if that's the case, then why, why should you be the coach if, if that? If that's games, true. games like this, games like this happen in the NFL. To every coach that's ever coached in this league, you can look at any great coach that's ever coached in the league. Sometimes games like this happen, and I don't need to retrace history, but 
It's just, it's part of sports. Sometimes there are games where it doesn't go right. None of it. And you got to put it behind you and you got to move on to the next thing. Tom, that, uh, I have one more thing for you. Um, cause the internet, they have a huge archive of, of, uh, other quotes and things that he said in the past on 1126, Brandon Staley gets asked if his message is still reaching the team. He replies, yeah, otherwise you'd get blown out of the stadium in one of these games. You get blown out of the stadium, and that hasn't happened yet. He said that on 11-26. He said that all the great coaches in NFL history have had games like that. Tom, you, you, you've watched football longer than I have. You ever remember Bill Belichick losing 40 points on primetime? You ever remember Bill Parcells losing by 40 points on primetime? Well, the on to Cincinnati, but other than that. Did they lose by 40? They give up 60? I don't know. I don't think they I give mean, up they can 60. Get blown out. I have no doubt in my mind that somewhere along the way for Belichick and Parcells, somewhere along the way, they got just destroyed by somebody. Fair. I mean, every – I think he's accurate in that. I think every coach could say – I mean, I, I can remember games where Nick Saban was blown out. And I, I remember a game where in, in a college football playoff, Urban Meyer got blown out by Clemson. I mean, they, they, there are – it happens to everybody. I think he's right in that regard. I want to start, though. I want to separate these two things, okay. all right? I want to start with Sherman. Um, I have never in my life, and it doesn't make me better than anybody, and I'm not judging anybody for doing it. I've never had to fire anybody in my life because I've never had the job to be in a position to fire anybody in my life. Uh, I don't know if I'd be very good at that job. Um, I, I just Some people have that makeup that they're able, that gene, whatever it might be, that they can do it. I, I don't think that I can do it. Uh, I have the temper to do it and the passion to do it, but at the end of the day, I don't know if I can do it. For people to just come on television, I mean, and just blatantly say, I'd fire this guy right now at halftime. That's pretty strong stuff. No doubt. It is, it is funny what Richard Sherman said. I think Everett Henry brought this up. Is Richard Sherman literally said, you don't ever want to call for somebody's job, yeah, but he should, be, he should be fired. Yeah. I think that is. Yeah, it's my joke. With <laughs> all due love and respect, and then you say something disrespectful. <laughs> like he literally, he literally said that. But listen, Tom, I, I – you, it is a strong thing to say on national television that someone should lose their job, but in a game that's 42 to nothing at halftime in a, in a, on a team and a, a coach that already had these rumors swirling around him, what else can you say? And it's not even the fact that they lost by 40 points on Thursday night football. It's about the worst thing that the, the worst thing that can happen to a coach is a team quit on. Yeah. Them. And that's exactly. So did you watch the game? I watched Tom. It was like a car crash. You couldn't take your eyes off it. It was beautiful. I it was. The whole it thing. was. You literally, where you normally click something else on television because it's a blowout. Something crazy. The Chargers would would fumble the punt, or it'd be a scoop and score by the Raiders, and you couldn't turn it off because you got to watch again. It was like watching a car crash, Tom. It was. I've never seen a team give up on a coach more than I saw last night. They had they, uninspired doesn't even begin to describe what the Los Angeles Chargers did yesterday. It was the least competitive I've ever seen a professional football team look. The least competitive. I truly, I truly believe that you could have taken an XFL team or a USFL team 
or a Big Ten team and thrown them in that game yesterday, they would have competed more wow. than the Los Angeles Chargers did. They they didn't want to be there. No one, no one. There was a time where a punt returner got the ball, and there was about ten, ten yards of separation between him and the 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 punt team, and he like jogged, like didn't even run. He just kind of like jogged to oh, get yeah. tackled. Like he could have sprinted off and, and made some separation. He just kind of jogged and got like four yards. And it was, I was like, what is going on? And at that point, it was fifty-two to nothing. But it was, it was without a doubt the most uninspired football I've ever seen. And it's the worst thing that can happen to a coach is your team just doesn't want to play for you anymore, and they just give up on you. That's the worst thing that can happen. But here's a question I have. Okay, I mean, I, I, I want to try to 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 put ourselves in another person or persons in this case shoes. And, and I don't know the answer to this question. I, I'm asking you guys what your thoughts are on it. Do you think that players really quit during a game? I mean, truly quit. Because of who the coach is. We've all seen athletes at the little league level, high school level, college level, pro level. You're getting your brains kicked in. It looks really, really bad. It looks like you're not trying. Cases in point, you're talking about that player last night. But at the end of the day, these are still guys that are getting paid a lot of money that have risen to the very, very top of their profession. They're the best at what they do in the world. The regular guys like you and me, we can't do what these guys do, right? They're there for a reason. So do, do we really think that because of who their coach is? Now, I'm not at the Chargers practice, but is anybody, from what you've been able to gather, hearing interviews with Staley, does anybody believe he's like an evil guy? No. Like he's some, you know, beat the horse till it can't move anymore kind of guy. I don't know. Maybe he is. Is he the guy that is just ripping guys' ass up in one side and down the other in practice and then in the media and calling guys out? I haven't seen any evidence of that. I don't know. But do you guys truly believe that athletes, and look, we can take the Chargers out of it and Staley out of it. Do you guys truly believe that players quit during the course of a game as if to make some kind of statement that they want a change in the coach. I mean, seriously, do you believe a guy is going to whiff on a block? Do you believe a guy is not going to try to tackle somebody? Do you believe a cornerback is going to let somebody beat him, just shut her down? and go score a touchdown when he's on national television and he's the dude chasing the wide receiver down the field and his name is going to be said on the air. Tom Brenneman just got burned on that pass play to Casey McAllister. Do you really believe I, that happens? I don't think, I don't think, no. I don't think people are out there sabotaging the team to get rid of the coach. I don't think that part, but I, I do. I do believe the defense, the Chargers' defense yesterday, saw the offense turn the ball over three consecutive times with a backup quarterback, a run game that hasn't worked with Austin Eckler, a wide receiving group that has no. Their starting two wide receivers are done. Where's Keenan Allen? Where's Mike Williams? They're not playing in the game. It was. I think the defense saw what was happening. Okay. And 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 they called it in. 
I'm not going to claim to be a professional athlete. I'll never be a professional athlete. Nowhere close to it. But there were games in, in high school. There were games I would play, and I knew it was going to be a blowout. And it's not that you quit, but you're, you're, you're not all the way there. You're not all the way in the game, and that's what was happening yesterday. They were not in that game. That defense was zoned out. They quit. Listen, yeah, like I think I think Elliot wrapped it up perfectly. Do I think that they consciously were sitting here getting together and had some conspiracy to get rid of Brandon Staley? We're gonna throw this game. We're gonna we're gonna send a message to the team, to the ownership that we want this guy gone, and we're gonna do it by basically throwing a game. No, I don't think they did that. But do I absolutely think that they got down a little bit and they're just like, what's it matter? You know, this guy, this guy that's leading this team, he, he's nothing. Like, they, they just they, – they pack it in. I don't think that they're, they're, they're like, hey, let's, let's – let's, I don't think they're doing the 1919 Black Sox scandal. I don't think they're throwing the game. But absolutely, I think that because of the coach, because of the coaching situation, and because of how the game started, they're just like, hey, let's just, let's just get to – let's just let that 60 minutes tick off the clock, and uh, we'll move on from here. I don't think they, I don't think they have any drive – to play for that man. All right. Well, and me, I think that because I saw it. All right. All right. Well, let me ask you that. That's fair. Fair point. But let me ask you this. Where's Richard Sherman blasting the players at halftime? If you can say, I'd fire Brandon Staley right now, where's the line, I'd fire this entire team right now? I'd fire the player. You know why? Because he wants to be buddy buddies with all the players. That's what these analysts want to do. That's why. They never call out the player. They don't call out that guy. Because, oh, man, on the internet, oh, you're going to get beat down for calling some player out. Why not call a player out? If, you, if a team is down 42 to nothing at halftime, is somebody supposed to believe that is all Brandon Staley's fault? And a lot of you in the chat are saying, if this happened to um, Zach Taylor, that we would be killing Zach. You know what? We would be. Right. But we would also be killing the guys who are out there on the field that are leading to this embarrassment. Because at the end of the day, once they kick the ball off, you can make the adjustments, you can do all these other things, and those are critically important in football. There's no doubt. There's a reason why there's great coaches and mediocre coaches and crummy coaches. But at the end of the day, the players are the ones that are getting humiliated. Why is that all on Brandon Staley? That's my only question for Richard Sherman. If you're going to kill the head coach, why don't you kill the players too? Because they're the ones that put you in a 42 to nothing hole. I mean, some of those players are going to be are going to be up for losing their jobs as well, Tom. Like, it's not just Brandon Staley that's job is, is, is at the helm. And, like, I think that's just already a foregone conclusion. I don't think you need to say that if you're Richard Sherman. The, the, the talk was around this team was before this game started whether or not Brandon Staley should be the head coach. It wasn't whether or not their cornerback should, should be benched. It wasn't whether or not their, their starting linebackers and left guards should be benched. It was whether or not the head coach should be fired. And then they go out and are down 42 to nothing at halftime, I think that's more than fair game to say, listen, this guy should lose his job. This guy should lose his job. And, and, and for, for what it's worth, the, the, the two most compelling things that I've heard 
guys say on those uh, those halftime panels and pregame shows and stuff like that. One has been last night, Richard Sherman saying that about Brandon Staley. And then the other one was towards a player. Remember Steve Smith bashing? Sure. Was it was it George Pickens? Yeah, it was George Pickens. So I mean, it happens both ways. Certainly, it happens a lot more with coaches. Steve Smith did a total 180 on that thing after lighting the guy up, and he and called Richard Smith Sherman out, and then all of a sudden they're handshaking and all this nonsense. And Pickens has turned out to be an entire clown. What, what total they, clown, what and his own coach Tomlin called him out on it. He said, I'm just, I'm tired of watching. Well, Steve Smith did it again this year with Jerry Judy. That's who it, it was this year. And, Judy, Judy and, you're right. And it has not been amended. They right. still hate each other. Right. So, I mean. Right. But he, Smith was right. Yeah, Smith was right. Smith he was, was right. But at least he, he had the guts to call a guy out and then stand by it in this case. Because the guy was doing nothing up to that point in time. Now, he's played better since then. Clearly, Denver has played better That's since then. But he lit him up. That was this year, right? Yeah, that was this yeah, year. Yeah, it was this year. And all the thing happened on the field before the game, right? When he's doing the pregame show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just I, I just get – I think there are – and look, maybe we live in a world now that's what you have to do. And, and look, I've taken my fair share of criticism of being too hard on players or being too hard on managers or being negative about certain situations. I understand. I get it. I think there's a place to call things like that out. I just think that there are different ways, and everybody's different in how they handle situations, but I just think there's a different way to say, hey, look, this Chargers thing is a mess. It's 42 to nothing at halftime. There's been talk about the coach. Has he lost the voice in the room? You have to wonder if that's what's happening here tonight. Instead of get the guy an Uber, right, an Uber XL, whatever the hell right. it's called, and, and, and have him have the guy sitting in the parking lot and fire his ass at halftime. So you would have rathered him dance around. Not dance this, around. I just think there's a different way you can say it. There's a different way you can say it. You wanted him, it. him to be more artistic with his words. I just want him, to, I, I want him to have at least a little bit of empathy. A little bit of compassion. Do you think he should? A little bit of, That's there fair. are a hell of a lot of other people to blame for this debacle except for one man. You think he should have started it with saying, with all due, with love and respect? No, no. <laughs> no. Because you know then what's coming. That's right. That's right. He could have done exactly what I just said, and I'm not well, claiming I'm the end all be all. Respect. But he could just say, look, this team looks underprepared. They look like their heart is not in it, and that's on the players if their heart's not in it. They're paid to go out and do a job and not get humiliated. There's been a lot of noise about Staley getting, uh, losing his job and not coming back next year. When you watch games like this, it makes you wonder, is this franchise, from the coach to the players to the GM to everybody, are they going in the right direction? 42 to nothing at halftime is not the right direction. You basically just said fire everybody without saying, go get an Uber X and have it waiting outside the locker room and fire his ass right now at halftime. All right. Let's take a break. Ad break. Um, we have Kyle Kasky coming up in a matter of moments to talk about the Bengalis v. Vikings. We have our picks coming up later in the day. It's a cold world we live in, man. A cold, broken world, Casey. Go ahead. Well, the Bearcat report that we did earlier and the future Bengals report with Kyle Kasky is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with the suite of services 
from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing modules to improve efficiency and wait just wait one second here please continue finish the ad read please continue the ad read uh here's a chat from jordan Earhart. he oh, says God. productivity productivity visit encore.tech the path to innovation productivity begins now <laughs> and let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water right here pawnee water made right here in hamilton ohio Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. You can visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. The path to innovation begins at Pawnee. Where does it begin? At Pawnee. At Pawnee. Here. Here. Get your coffee from UDF. Bet on Betfred. Drink lots of pawning water. Now, and I, is that a creative choice when you say bet on Betfred? Because you say it every day. But you can bet on Betfred because they're always reliable and they're the greatest sports book. Or you could bet with Betfred because that's how you bet. You bet with Betfred. So is it a creative choice when you say bet on Betfred? Casey, did you Because it works the, both ways. Did you hear yeah, the uh, sirens? Because the grammar police is here. Well, I was just no. I, I was pretentious, Altiora. I wasn't. I wasn't correcting. It's because you both. What Listen. he's saying is correct. Today after what the he's saying is correct. Today after the show, we will have box lunch. We have some other. Do our quiplash game. And we will have quiplash for the members. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. If you guys aren't members, please please join in. Um, it's almost Christmas time. Also tomorrow, there's about a what two different shows that we're going to have. We're going to have the Bengals post-game show. We're going to have the UC post-game show tomorrow on our network. So that's all the housekeeping things that I have to say. Okay. Yeah. And um, we will have something special for um, this afternoon around like 3, 3.30. Uh, just just, keep, an... just keep, keep, keep an eye on our uh, notifications. Turn the, turn the notification switch on. Subscribe to us because we'll have something special planned for around like 3, 3.30 today. Uh, Justin Edgel with a $4.99 super chat says, I watch too much law and crime and think some of the guests on the show look like oh, Gacy gosh. or Dom. Are you kidding me? Nothing personal. <laughs> Nothing personal. So, boy. you know what's funny about that comment? My brother-in-law, when I proposed to my wife, said I looked like Jeffrey Dahmer the exact Dahmer. same day. Yeah, oh. I had the I had the vest on. I had the the checkered like buffalo print. Was what, what, what had, is that called? I don't know what that's called. But when uh, I grew out my mustache about a year ago, I got called Jeffrey Dahmer because I, I grew it out the exact same time that a Jeffrey Dahmer um, TV show came on Netflix. The, the guy with uh, that's right American Horror Story. That guy, forget his name, Evan Peters, and everyone called me. Jeff, like I got called it too much, so that was good enough reason to, to shave a mustache. If you get called Jeffrey Dahmer more than one time, you probably should change your look. <laughs> you probably should change your look. Yeah, that's probably good advice. If I got called Tom Brenneman, then like, boy, you, you like better Tom, keep got, doing what I you're doing, pal. You are dialed in. Would have kept it rolling. There's Tom. no doubt about it. There's no question about that. Um, breaking news: Tyler Glass now apparently that is a done deal. They gave him that negotiating window. 
And um, apparently it'll start this season. He was due to make $25 million this year. Dodgers get creative, man. They give him a 15 or a $10 million signing bonus okay. to restructure this deal, right? They give him a $15 million signing bonus. His salary drops from $25 million to $10 million, or to $15 million. So it will now again, and then they extend it four more years, $110 million. Uh, it, it allows them a lot of flexibility under that salary cap. No deferred money in this one, like the Shohei deal. But, uh, but they're saving themselves money on that luxury tax. Boy, uh, you heard Nick Kirby the other day at the end of that 2026 season. It's going to be really interesting to see what might happen because this luxury tax saying there are teams like the Dodgers who have figured out how to get around it and bring in the big hitters. We've got our big hitter regularly right here on Chatterbox, Kyle Kasky. Played Division I football at AM, coached Division I football, NFL, offensive line, running back coach for the Bengals. He's a regular here. Chatterbox clicker. And uh, Kyle, good morning, my friend. It was nice having you back in town last week. Good to have you here in the studio a week ago today. Yeah, I mean, it's a little different when you're in there. I, I really enjoyed seeing all you guys. I saw you again on Saturday at the Rain Dog Parade. So, uh, you know, I had my fill of uh, Tom Brenneman for the weekend, and well, that was good. I, you know, I think, you know, but it's, uh, it's, it's a little different being on this side again. I'd rather be in there with you guys. Well, uh, we, we, you're invited anytime you'd like to come back. You're always welcome here in Cincinnati. I could tell that day at the Rain Dog Parade, there were a lot of people that are really excited. We're really excited to see you again. Same thing held true. Uh, apparently, when you went down to the stadium the next day, a lot of people, you saw some people you hadn't seen in a while, right? Must have been kind of cool. Yeah, and, and I saw the other side of the tailgating thing. I would, uh, you know, I'd go get my wife out of the family corral after the games before we had kids, and I'd be like, what happened to you today? And now I... Now I have an understanding of what happens from, you know, eight in the morning until the game starts. So, uh, yeah, I got to see a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And I'll tell you what, man, the energy around the city right down there is, is pretty unbelievable from now. Again, I never saw that side of it while I was coaching there. But, I mean, they, those people down there, they, they're getting after it early in the morning. The energy level is great. Oh, yeah. One of the great tailgates. I'm going to go down there tomorrow is our friends at UDF. They have an incredible tailgate. We'll be down there tomorrow uh, for the one o'clock game. All right, look, um, and you've done, obviously, a preview already here on Chatterbox Sports of Minnesota. If you're in the, uh, the Bengals, uh, you know, if you're a coach on the team right now and you're all sitting around a big table and you're talking about the concerns you have, one, two, three things, what are the biggest concerns for the Bengals tomorrow against Minnesota? Uh, I think for the Bengals offense, it's it's the amount of pressure that they bring. It's the type of pressure that they bring. Now, here's the good thing about what they're doing is um, they're not bringing necessarily as much zero pressure as Flores brought when he was in Miami. They're bringing a lot of edge pressure. So if you can find out, if you find a tendency of when the pressures can come, you know, the screen game that everybody's been talking about, uh, if you throw a screen into the blitz, like you might dash them again. So you can start finding ways of doing that, or if you can figure it out and you get your run game, the outside zones kind of running away from uh, the blitz, you, you can really uh, gash them on those as well. But you kind of got to figure out when the tendencies are. But again, you know, they can switch things up. Don't get me wrong. Flores is, you know, he's he was a head coach for a reason. He, he's been doing it for a long time. But, uh, you know, I think if you go, the next step is uh, offensively is just keep the, the collective of the group running in the direction that they're running and don't fall back on the quarterback's got to carry us. So 
if they could keep the collective going and keep that run game going and, and all the, the dink and dunks and don't make Browning necessarily have to keep you afloat, but keep him afloat and then let him prosper on top of that. Um, defensively, I think it all comes down to, you know, is Justin Jefferson playing? Is he healthy? Is he full go? Uh, but other than that, I think it's the tight ends. It's, it's TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you got to be able to, to slow him down. He is a, I, I was with him. We drafted him in Detroit. I was with him for a couple of years. Um, he is as good as advertised. And uh, if you get him on a safety or if you get him on a linebacker, that's a tough matchup. And, and you know, so if they go man and, and you get TJ on some of those guys, it, it might be a, a long day. But I think they've been the last couple of weeks since the Pittsburgh game of not letting the tight ends just totally torch them. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. You know, it, it, it brings to mind a question that, that, that I've asked a lot through the years. Uh, I've asked it in coaches' meetings, production meetings, when we were sitting in there with some guys. I'm curious to hear your opinion about this. We have fans in our chat ask about it all the time. You know, the last couple of years, the Bengals, they brought in Trey Flowers. And I, and I guess his niche, if you will, was a guy who was big enough, physical enough, uh, could move well enough. Uh, to handle covering tight ends. And specifically, he seemed to do a really good job against Jason Kelsey uh, the number of times that uh, – or I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey the number of times that, that the Bengals played the Chiefs. Um, is there an easy answer about what kind of player you should have cover a tight end? Uh, it's not an easy answer because the problem, the guy, the guy that's going to cover the tight end usually has a run gap as well. And – that's the issue of it. when you have a really good tight end like a Kelsey uh, or TJ Hawkinson that can also run block. Uh, when you put them in the box, the guy that's covering that guy there, especially if you're in man coverage, that guy's going to be responsible for some form of a run gap down there. So they got to be able to just go play the run. Now, if you just put a, a nickel corner on them, um, I'm not saying Mike Hilton couldn't do it. Uh, but if you put a, uh, a tight end just to cover him, then all of a sudden he's got to go, you know, fill the C gap or fill the D gap. And uh, they're running duo at him. And here comes, uh, you know, the the big running back, you know, a guy like, you know, um, yeah, I know Madison didn't play him, but a guy like, you know, even if you say Joe Mixon, you got a guy like that come running down at a, at a, at a safety playing uh, a gap or a corner playing a gap down there. That's tough because they're not used to being that player. So having a guy, you know, I think a guy like Dax Hill, He's getting better, and I've seen some things of him in the uh, in space of making tackles and making tough, like hard nosed tackles. And I'm not sure about his coverage skills overall yet, but I think a guy like that could develop into that guy. But again, they got to get it done this weekend. Okay. The other thing I want to ask you about because we get asked this all the time in the chat, and I'm curious because you you work both as an offensive line coach and as a running backs coach, but you come from it originally as a player from a defensive side. Why are some teams able to run regularly, effective screen the screen game, and others teams can't? Uh, I think it's more of a uh, effort of doing it, and it's more of an effort of, of willing to stick with it. Uh, there's teams that base their identity around the run game, and their pass game is then based off of that. Uh, there are teams that have a pass game and then try to base their run game off of the pass game identity, which I think is where the Bengals have been. They're not the only one. Trust me, there's there's teams out there doing it all over the league that uh, are you know, pass first, and then they, they put a run game in there just to say we have one. And uh, But the teams that, that have an identity, and I think the Bengals, man, I'll, if the last two weeks are any kind of indication of what they can do, 
they can have an identity in the run game and they can get that going. And that, that helps out tremendously. And people I've seen online that people are like, man, don't forget what Burrow can do. He can, he can throw the ball deep. He can do all this stuff. That doesn't take that out of the offense at all. You can still do all that. Just have all this other stuff that you got. And, and it allows you to not be so pressured into one guy leading the team. If it, Cause right now, it, if, if Browning has a bad day, but the rest of that offense is clicking the way it's clicked, you, you're really probably going to be okay, and, and vice versa. If the run game just isn't working, but Browning's on, it's going to take the whole group at this point to to have a bad day before you just, you know, have a bad day. I, I'm kind of curious, you know, we, we, you keep bringing up things that I have other questions, but, but I, you know, these are some of the hot topics in, in Cincinnati right now, and you were here for a number of days. You heard some of this on talk radio or your conversations with people who really know football and follow the Bengals regularly. You know, a lot of people are saying – um, you know, uh, there had to be something to, um, you know, Burrow wanting to be in shotgun, wanting to be an empty. Uh, and, and I'm going to take away his injury early in the year with a calf injury. But even over the last two years, rarely under center, uh, very little commitment to the run game. Uh, and, and people ask the question, is, is the head coach or the offensive coordinator, you know, sort of letting the, 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 the quarterback in this case sort of run the offense? And I don't mean run it once a ball snapped. I mean run it in terms of your identity as opposed to what we've seen now where Browning under center a lot, much bigger commitment to the run, more of the screen game. And strangely enough and ironically enough, they're hitting big plays where they weren't hitting big plays early in the year. Yeah, I, I don't – again, I'm not in the building to give yeah. you an exact answer, but I can tell you from, from previous stops where I've been, uh, if you have a quarterback of that stature, like we in Detroit we had Matthew Stafford, and Matthew got hurt a few times while I was there. But when he was healthy, yeah, he came in and he said – he'd be like, Coach, I, I, need, I really need more of this in the game plan. I, I feel more comfortable with this. And that's okay. Um, the shotgun thing and the empty thing – I do think it's something to you. He told them, he said, this is, I, I feel more comfortable uh, being in shotgun. I feel more comfortable being in uh, empty because I see the field better. But again, there's a point where as a coach, you have to uh, put your players in the best position. And it's not always, like I said, it's not just the one player. You got 10 other guys on the field at all times. So you got to make sure all those guys are in the right position too. So if they're putting too much effort into allowing one player to, dictate what they're doing then you're going to run into those issues and, and again i don't think that's what they're doing now was that what they were doing then maybe and again you got to remember too you just paid this guy 275 million dollars and then all of a sudden you come back and you say well we're going to take some off your plate now and i think that was where it, it got a little hairy with them uh trying to back off of him at, at that point but um, I think early, like you said, early in the year this year, though, he had to be in gun because I don't think he could push off to get out, out, out from under center. But it's been that way for a couple of years now. So I do think there's something to him saying, this is what I'd like to do, and they've been doing it. All right. Kyle, we thank you so much for your time, man. Always so much insight. And uh, anybody else Anybody else have anything for Coach Kasky before we let him roll? Love the background, Coach. Yeah, I love the background, too. <clears throat> love the background. That's big time. See? Yeah. If anybody wants to hate on the background, please hate on it. But you can't, Molly, I don't even know if Molly's in the chat, but I got a haircut. Uh, so, you know, I hope I'm still on point with that. Well, Sharon's in the chat. I can tell you that. Sharon's in the chat in a big way today. I've not seen Molly today. I've not either. I don't know. That's interesting. Well, Very interesting. 
Molly's not here. And Reed is. Okay. All right. Well, Kyle, have a great weekend, man. Good to see you. Appreciate you guys. Kind enough to join us. Molly MIA, says Mark Fetters. Tom. Molly MIA. We have Molly sending us presents. Oh, wait a minute. She do- How ironic it is. The second the coach <laughs> brings it up, bang. There's Molly. I'm here. It's awesome. And your fingers were just banging away at that screen a Tom. second ago. Tom, I've been listening, hands. she says. Oh, my hands were up here. What do you know? Tom, she is sending us presents. And we tell you every day that she's very real. And you still don't believe us. I don't. I don't think we... <laughs> Mr. Gaggins has joined us as well. My hands are right here. She's, she's chatting. Mr. Gaggins. <laughs> I don't think Reed had the, the uh, creativity to give me this for Christmas. <laughs> That's right. I think that was only something Molly could have done. Casey, I'm not so sure if we had a contest. And I'm curious, some of you perhaps could vote on this. And you can actually do it right now, okay? So have that on for a second. Okay. Okay, take the shot back. And take a shot of yourself. Mm-hmm. I want anybody to look at this. I want. Can we put up a poll question? Yeah, we'll put yeah. up a can poll question. Can we invent one yeah. very quickly? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Would you prefer Casey in? Okay, now look, I'm going to ask you to take out the time of the year. Let's pretend it's not Christmas. Because then it's a landslide that this is going to be the winner, okay? But the two most ridiculous things that you have put on in a year plus on this show mm-hmm. are that hat, yep. okay? Or, as you make your way over, you know where I'm going with this, okay? Or this hat right <laughs> Both are great. I love Both this. Both are great. I love this. I still can't believe you bought that from the Red Store. Oh, it was totally expensive. I mean, it was totally not worth the $35 I paid for it. Have you had a beer out of that thing yet? I mean, can you, can you, is, Ooh, is it like, you know, you cut it, you cut a cat. Or a, in your yeah, case, like, a high noon. One you know, of the horns, cut, cut yeah. the end of one of the horns. Yep, and then you just, just you got a little horn, got a little yeah. funnel. Yeah. I mean, I, I should, I should, I should try to invest in doing something like that. Maybe I will. Incredible. If the Reds make it to the playoffs next year. All right, so one more time, put each of them on. Yeah, and we'll just keep the camera on, on the you. So we're, and then we're going to make the uh, we're going to make the poll question for our last 38 minutes of the show. Would you rather see Casey in that? That's big league hat. Yeah. Would or, that make Would that make Casey the chimney? Maybe. My brick house. <laughs> you built like one. Or the Viking helmet. Not this week. You can't wear the Viking helmet. Take that off. Why not? We play the Vikings tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to put that away. Have some respect. We do not play the Santa Clauses. We do not play the North Pole Polar Bears. Which, by the way, everybody's probably heard this before, but uh, we're going to get into this a little bit next week. We're going to read this like a Christmas, you know, sort of story. Yeah. Is actually, who is St. Nicholas and where did that come from? It is an unbelievable story that I had never heard in my life. Mm. So you, until I was listening to uh, the story this morning, driving in uh, on the radio. Yeah, that's uh, you, about coming when, down the chimney right, and when you would, dropping down the, for the poor and the three daughters. And correct. I mean, it's an un, for those of you that haven't heard it. And I know there's some of you out there you can act like you've heard it. Oh, I know all about it, Tom. How dumb are you having not heard it? I had never heard it. 
Tom, when you we, go to a Catholic school, they, they, yeah, you they, go to Catholic they school, they drill you, that in you pretty, and early. they should, and they, they should, because it it's a beautiful yeah. story. It is. Tom, did you by by chance happen to see our drafts yesterday? Since we're speaking of Christmas, we had two Christmas drafts on the show yesterday. Well, I knew you were having them on because I I, I dialed in uh, until I had to focus on driving. So that okay. was in the opening. Okay, so go ahead. I, I know you had Christmas movies, I remember, right? Casey, is it possible to show Tom the drafts and have him pick? Because I believe we have the final result. If it's not possible, Casey, don't... No, we, I could pull we, up the, the images. Yeah, the images is what I, I was going to try to do. And we'll have Tom decide who his winners are. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I believe the winners... Now, this part I missed, so get, get, fill me in on what we're doing here. What is this? So we did a snake draft. Yes, we I drafted, knew you were doing the snake draft. We drafted Christmas movies, the best Christmas movies, and the best Christmas songs. Okay. It was me, Reed, Casey, Trace. So the four of us. Okay. We drafted four things each. Whoever had the best list won. Whoever had the best four movies or songs won the draft. I want to specify that I did, not, I did not know it was a competition. I was just voting my favorite things. No, no, no. It was a competition. I didn't know we were trying to be fan favorites. The, I, I'm not, we don't have our names up there, so you won't know which one of us is us. But I will tell you, Casey won the best song draft, and Elliot won the best movie draft. And we'll see which movie list and song list do you think won. Okay, let's take a look. So this is the movie list. So, team, I mean, I'm having a hard time right, seeing these. Look on your computer so, there. Team A is uh, Home Alone. Team, look on your computer. Yeah, Elf. Elf a Christmas, Christmas Story. And, and Bill Murray Scrooge. Okay. It should be on your screen at this point. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Team right. B is Christmas Vacation, Jingle All the Way, Vince Vaughn's Four Christmases, and A Charlie Brown Christmas. Team C is Jim Carrey's um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas from Tim Burton, Polar Express, and A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Okay. And then Team D is Santa Claus, Santa Claus 2, The Mrs. Claus, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, and uh, A Year Without Santa Claus, the claymation. I got to go with Team B because I think the Christmas Vacation is an overwhelming winner. Okay. Who is, who is Team B? That was, that was, that was boss. your boss, Trace Fowler's. Okay. Elliot, which was yours that you were the winner, allegedly? I was A. So I had Home Alone, Elf, A Christmas Story, and Scrooge. Okay. All right. Those are all, all of those movies up there are excellent. But where is, uh, where is the old... Uh, it's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. Um, no one voted for it. It's a Wonderful Life. No, well, nobody you, picked you have got to be kidding. Nobody me. picked it. No one wanted it. Are you kidding me? Well, it was made in like 1950. It doesn't huh? matter when it was made. And here, here is the the music list. Okay, the music okay. list. Uh, Dominic the Donkey's got to be on here somewhere. Okay, it so is. from Team A, we got the Drifters, <laughs> White Christmas. Ooh, the Drifters. That's one of my all-time favorite bands yes. right there. Okay. I'm old enough to remember those dudes. Team A also has Happy Christmas, War is Over from John Lennon and uh, Yoko Ono. Yeah. Um, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus by the Jackson 5. I saw the Jackson 5 in concert. What That's about big. that? In person. That's big. And then Team A also has Dominic the oh, Donkey. I know who that is, yes. Mm -hmm. Love Dominic. I was singing it all day yesterday. Go ahead. Team B has Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus. Great is song. Town. Nat King Cole's Ooh, The Christmas Song. Solid. Wham's Last Christmas. Wham made an appearance on this. Wham. 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 Wham made That's a great song. Bing Crosby. Wham made an appearance on Wham. this. That's a good you Christmas. have got to be kidding me. Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, well, wait, you, if you let Nat me get King to, Cole, all those names the are Beach Boy. I mean, it, look. Uh, it, Team oh B has God. Bing Crosby. Wham made an appearance. Go ahead. Winter Wonderland. 
Um, team C had Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. In Sync's Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Holidays. The Waitresses Christmas Wrapping. And uh, Thurl Ravencroft's You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Team D had Frank Sinatra's Let It Snow. Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock. Eartha Kitt's Santa Baby. And also, Frank Sinatra's Have Yourself a Merry Christmas. I- I'm not picking any winners there. You're not going to pick any winners. No, I'm not. Because there, there, there's a lot of great ones in there. What's the omission that well, you Well, you're missing see? the Beach Boys. You have to pick. The, I'm going to one of the great pick. ones. Beach Boys did one of the great ones. Um, boy, I don't know. I, I'd have a hard time without, you know, I mean, I love Dominic the dog. I got to tell you, it's moved way up my list, but I'm not going with any of those. Um, but that's okay. Do you like, uh, the waitress's Christmas wrapping? Do you know that one? I don't know that one. He waitress's Christmas wrapping. I didn't know. I didn't, do, I didn't, do, I didn't. do, 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. No? I don't know that one. All right. I think Maybe that's don't. the cherry on top. Maybe that's the cherry on top. Okay. Well. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just trying to check out. What about White well. Christmas? Just like the ones I used to know. That was on there, right? So I picked that. By the that the first, yeah, that was the first one. All right. I think you like that a lot more than you said. I think you just got distracted. I by love that song. Two. Well, I you also were mad that there wasn't any Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, or Frank Sinatra in... I picked three of those. Were that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, you, somebody dumps in there the Grinch. No, but Tom, he, no, they were on there. Those three I artists. I know were... they were on there, but I'm just saying that there, there's like the you know look everybody's all those. You don't were like good. the Grinches? You don't like? I, I like. Grinch? I love John Lennon. I mean, they, they 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 did a beautiful rendition. It sounds like you like my list, is what you're saying? Because you I, like Dominic the Donkey. You I like love John Lennon, Dominic. The you Donkey. like the Drifters. You it sounds. It sounds like you voted. I might be man. leaning that way. Yeah. Might you be leaning that way. You did not like the Grinch song. Would you touch it with a 39 and a half foot pole? You're a mean one. If you could I choose, love that song. That's a good song. If you Mr. Can choose Grinch. Is that the one the you're talking yeah. about? That's yeah. a solid That's, song. If you could choose between a seasick crocodile and listening to You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, which one uh, would you Yeah, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Okay. Uh, boy, everybody is coming out of the woodworks today, uh, banging everybody. Uh, banging everybody. The backgrounds. Max Carter has, has just been relentless with me wearing a V-neck rather than a crew neck sweater today. Uh, why does Tom hate Wham? I don't hate Wham. You I'm just surprised like they made a Christmas list song uh, song Last for favorites like top four. I'm surprised. Last Christmas. Yeah, that's I a pretty song. I have. I mean, listen, George. What's his name? Michael. George Michael passed away. The late George Michael, right? That's correct. Okay, Sir George Michael. Yeah, I mean, he that guy could sing, man. He could. He was a he had he a beautiful voice, great singer, good dancer, great entertainer. All that sort of Tom, stuff. Tom, who's your favorite music artist of all time? We just did this last week. Was it? Did yes, we? we just did this Was last week. Was it Rolling Stones? Week. Well, no, no, I mean, I, I have a whole list of different okay. people. I just like a, a big, broad range. You know what I mean? Okay. Depends on kind of where you are, right? It was Ariana Grande, right? Was she was right up there. No you're, you're, you're yeah, a yeah big though, fan too. of hers. <laughs> big fan of Ariana Grande. Yeah. You like, you like yeah. Is she another one of those guys <laughs> that's going to move out of the country here soon with any luck at all? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I she, don't know. She's a, she had a Christmas song that was up for consideration. Yeah, she did. Santa, tell me. It's an original. Why does Tom hate the UK? I don't. Oh, Kentucky? I don't hate Kentucky. Are you kidding me? I talk him up all the time. Come on. We're still hoping to get Cal on here. <laughs> Gotta get him on. Ridiculous chat. 
<laughs> you know, I'm starting to lose. I'm starting to lose hope in this Cal thing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to really be, you know, I'm going to be really upset if we can't get him. You mean to tell me that he and Sean Miller and I mean that those guys can't find five minutes, ten minutes to well, join Chatterbox Sports? I don't want to. It's I not maybe Joe Rogan. I get it. Okay. It's better. <laughs> I think they're clarifying not Cal. I think they were clarifying the United Kingdom. Well, I thought that originally, and yeah. there's no way anybody could ever say that because I'm one of the great Winston Churchill fans that has ever walked the planet. The guy was a gamer. Was he a governor? Unlike that clown predecessor of his, Neville Chamberlain. Yeah, was he a, was he a governor? Hello? Oh, he's a governor. He's a royal go governor. Uh, hello, governor. governor. Thank you, governor. And Ian Jabot pitched for them. That's right. <laughs> That's you, right. Tom, do you think you could uh, go throughout the day on a, on a Winston Churchill diet of uh, waking up and two scotch highballs before, before oh, 8 a.m., then, no then a martini doubt. with lunch, no and then doubt. another scotch highball. couple cigars along the oh way. Oh, my God. If you ever – I might do that starting at 12 today. <laughs> <laughs> Go look up what Winston Churchill drank on a daily basis. It'll, it'll make you sick. Love it. Love it. That's my kind of guy. Picks time? No, Sharon, I am not the Howard Stern of Chatterbox. That guy has gone out of his way to kill me for 20 years. Has Howard Stern killed oh, you? Oh, yeah. Kills me. For 20 years, what has he killed you for? Well, my announcing. I mean, the guy slaughtered me up one side and down the other. Jim Nance, actually, who I've never met in my life. But I was in a cab leaving New York City one morning after doing a baseball playoff game the night before. And, I mean, Stern is lighting me up. And the, the cab driver had it on. I'm just kind of just sitting there listening. You know, cab driver doesn't know who he's talking about, you know. And, uh, and Jim Nance actually called in and defended me. Really? He took my side. Yes. And I've never had a chance to meet him and thank him. If he comes back here to Cincinnati this year, I'm going to try to get a media what? pass and go down there and see him and thank him. What did he disagree with your style of? Just, yeah, he just didn't like it. It's okay. I mean, everybody, different strokes for different. I don't like his style either. So that works out just fine. Um, all right. We got to get to some picks. Got to get to some picks. We got to get to some picks because we got some huge games this weekend. Huge games. All right. You ready? Let's start. Okay. With Texans versus Titans, Tennessee is favored by three. Well, they're at home. They're coming off a, an impressive game, the Titans are. I mean, let's be honest about it. They, they looked good. I mean, an incredible miracle game. The game that, uh, at least for roughly 72 hours, That's right. what? sent Elliott into uh, retiring from betting. Didn't brief, last long, but at least it put you there. A brief retirement. It, 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 the Titans made you think about wanting to retire. That's right. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> okay. What would the line be if C.J. Stroud was healthy? Probably three points the other way. Yeah. Probably they'd be three-point favorites. So it's a six-point swing? He hasn't been ruled out yet either, Normally, Normally for quarterbacks, it's about a six-point swing. Hmm. Is there a story right now, real quick, before we get to these? Is, is, has Michael Walker signed a contract? Is that news breaking right now? Because a lot of people were wondering if the Reds were going to sign Michael Walker. I'm curious if somebody just said in the chat that uh, he has been signed. I don't see anything about that. I gotta, I'll check X. Okay, all right. All right, let's get to this. Yes, Kansas City Royals. Right-handed starter Michael Walker and the Kansas City Royals are in agreement. Two-year, 32 mil. What about, Tell you what, what the Kansas the, City what the Royals? Royals now, it's pretty amazing what they're doing. When, when do they leave Kaufman? 
Because they're building a new stadium, correct? I didn't think they did. I, I don't think so. I don't think they're ever leaving that ballpark. They just redid it. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars just redoing it like two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought I thought there was a story that they were moving into downtown Kansas City. Well, maybe there is, and I missed it. But, I, I mean, I'd be surprised. That's like – that ballpark is like the it's Dodger great. Stadium of the it's American great. League. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. It God, cool. what a great ballpark. Okay. Um, so we digress, but the Royals, man, I mean, they got it going on now. They got it going on. Okay. Uh, the Texans without CJ Stroud, Mr. Davis will take over quarterback for them this week. Yep. We're starting with you, Casey. We're starting with me. Ooh. We're starting with you today. We're doing a little shake we up are. here. We're, we're shaking it up a little bit. Um, I know what this Texas team was before CJ Stroud came to town. Um, Will Levis is uh, turning it up right now with DeAndre Hopkins. I think DeAndre Hopkins is also going to be on his revenge tour. I'm going to go with the Titans. A little bit of a little bit of a shocker for myself, but I think they can get it done by three. Wow. Okay. All right. Tennessee Titans. The fighting Mike Vrabel's Buckeye. By the way, go ahead. Buckeye. I'll take I'll take the Titans as well. I don't think it's as much as a Will Levis game. As much as it will be a Derrick Henry game, Derrick Henry will yeah. run all over him. Yeah. I was a believer in Will Levis last year. I I liked what I saw out of him on Sunday in that comeback. You know what? I'm, as the Bengals know, it's tough to win in Nashville. Um, so I'll take the Titans. Boy, can you believe when you look back at those two games against these two teams for the Bengals? 27-3 to and 30-28. When you look, Tom, when we, not to not to sidetrack us too much, but if you look back and say how much different we'd feel right now as as oh. fans in the city, if Tyler Boyd catches that ball against the Texans, right, that's a win. That's right. And if they just, I mean, twenty-seven to three, it's hard to say that that game. Yeah, they got their brains different. kicked in yeah, that game, but but it's hard to believe they did. Right. Correct. Um, okay. Uh, do, so it's just the four of us this week, right? Yep. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go with. Um, the fight in Mike Brables as well. Ooh. So you have a chance to change, Zebra, which has been your style uh, traditionally, historically. Uh, are you reconsidering? Casey? Yep. I think C.J. Stroud will play in this game. I'm going to say the Texans go in to Nashville. He can still play, by the way. He has not been ruled out. That's he has right. not been ruled uh, out. That's, this is what happened. If you remember, we were all we heard was that Brock Purdy wasn't playing, wasn't playing, wasn't playing against the Bengals. Yep. And they have until Sunday before the game uh, to come out of concussion protocol. So he's not ruled out yet. He might be a little dizzy. He might be a little dizzy, but he'll be going for gold in this one. I'll take the Texans. Okay. Okay. What's right. up next? Let's move on to the first – well, actually, the last Saturday game. Broncos versus Lions. This is an interesting game. I mean, uh, the Broncos have been playing great. Um, and you have the Lions who were just humiliated last week by the Chicago Bears. I think a lot of people are wondering what exactly are the Lions? What are they? Who are they? Um, they're at home, and it's a four-and-a-half-point spread. Read Mouse. Uh, I have to issue an apology to, uh, you know, if you, t you make a compilation of all of my fo bad football takes this year, the, the video might be longer than The Godfather Part 2, but I said that I don't – I'm not a big Sean Payton believer after starting one and five. Well, they've won six out of their last seven. I think they're going to win another one here in Detroit. So give me the Denver Broncos beating the Lions 
on the road to go to eight and six. This obviously would wow. hurt the playoff chances, but okay. yes. I wow, that's a shocker. Go ahead. I don't think the, the, the Lions should be favored by four and a half to most of what Reed just said there. I think the Broncos are playing really good football. Saying that, I will take the Lions to cover four and a half because I don't think they should be favored by four and a half. I think the Lions are frauds. I think they're not playing great football. I think Jared Goff's turned a corner here, going way downhill. I'm going to take the Detroit <laughs> Lions minus four and a half. Okay. Casey? Ooh, um, this is a tough game to, to really pick here. I think both teams have a lot to prove here. I think, like Elliot said, I feel like the Lions are a little fraudy, but I think also the Broncos are a little fraudy as well. Uh, Matchup-wise, I actually think the edge goes to Denver. I really do. I think that they can stop the run, which is what the Lions are going to really want to do. I think they got the safeties to be able to cover up Sam Laporta, and I think they got a shutdown corner to shut down Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I, I think the Lions, they give up a lot of yards in the run game, which is what the Broncos are going to want to do. So I'm going to take the Broncos in this one, covering four and a half. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Detroit Lions, the fighting Chris Spielman. Let's go, baby. I mean, I, I, I just go. think that at home they're a different, they're a different deal. They know they got to get it together. Uh, yeah, Denver's playing well, but Detroit, I think they take it to them. Okay, so we split there, two and two. Which, by the way, a lot of people are making comparisons, Elliot, to you, to some member of the uh, Howard Stern cast of characters. I, I, I'm not. Gonna, I don't know what that's all about. It yeah, doesn't matter. I, I don't Sharon know Peters is highly involved in this conversation, and, and so the read has been very busy. I'm sure it's disrespectful, and I'm not going to find out about what it okay, is. Okay, all right, let's go. Steelers v. Colts. Now, look, Saturday is the day. Well, not entirely, but it is a big day as far as the Bengals and their chances for the playoffs. Right. Obviously, they have to win. I mean, I'm not so sure, and, El and, and Reed, you had said it earlier. The more I thought about it uh, this morning, I'm not so sure the Bengals don't have to win out to get in. I'm Let's not so sure. Let's I, go three and one. I, 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 but even then, you know, I, I think they might have to win out to for sure get in. Uh, they get to 11 wins. They're definitely in. 10 could be either way. Be either way with some of these other teams that might have a tie break over them. Houston, um, Indy, believe it or not, even though they beat Indy last week, Indy at this point because you get more than just two teams involved. Uh, right now, Indy is ahead of the Bengals. The Steelers are ahead of the Bengals. Uh, and the Colts, the Steelers, both, they will square off tomorrow uh, in Indianapolis. I believe this is the afternoon game, right? So the Bengals are at one. This one's at like 4.30 and the other one's at like 8 o'clock, right? Right. Okay. All right. Colts at home, one and a half point favorite. Elliot, we begin with you. Ooh, I'm going to go with the Colts. I think the Steelers suck. I think that team is actually bad at football. I don't know how they have seven wins. I don't think the Steelers are winning this game. I'll take the Colts. Gardner Minshew, Zach Moss. You want to talk about a spread. There's two spreads that I can't comprehend, and this was one of them. I know in Why? Memphis, I, I, can't, I can't understand why Indy's not favored by more. One and a half doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me at home against this Steelers team with a backup quarterback. Unless Kenny, is Kenny Pickett back? I, no. Regardless. No, 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 back. no. He just had surgery. They're starting Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it didn't even matter if Kenny Pickett because it's pretty much more of the same. Um, I, listen, we need the Colts to win this game in all seriousness because we, do, we will not get the tiebreaker over the Steelers even if we beat them. We yeah. have the tiebreaker over the Indianapolis Colts. 
Um, but it's for that reason that I think that the Steelers are going to win. I think, I think Pittsburgh's going to go on the road and win this game. Well, the Bengals have the tiebreaker over the Colts if it only comes down to those two teams having the same record. Right. When you have more than two, and this is why the Bengals are behind the Colts right now, when you have more than two, and there's a lot more than two, that are sitting at seven and six, the first tiebreak in, in a group of, of three or more, obviously you can't do it head-to-head. Now, if it were at the end of the season, you know, you're still conference record, all that kind of thing. You can't have division record because you're not in the same division as the Colts. But, you know, the, 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 the Bengals really need, if I'm not mistaken, they really need Houston and they really need Denver to start getting beat is, is the way that I, I think I see it. All right, Casey. Yeah, I really would prefer this. I would prefer the Colts to beat the Steelers because deep down in my heart, my tiny little heart, I believe that the Bengals can still win the AFC North. And oh in order God. for that to happen, oh my in God. order for that oh to happen, oh they're going to need to start losing some we games. So here we go. We had an hour and 45 minutes today what? without going off the rails. What do you mean? I mean, are you kidding me? Did you just say you think the Bengals can still win the AFC North? Yeah, there's a very small chance. They are three games behind and make it four games behind with four to go. Even if they won out and the other team lost out, it, that's the only way this that, could that happen. That is the only way it can happen. Yeah. Tom. That Tom. is the only way it can happen. Oh, is my if God. The Ravens Tom, lose out and the Bengals win out. Oh, my if you God. you go on Betfred Sportsbook right now, the Bengals' odds to win the Super Bowl. Somebody's car alarm just went off after Casey said that. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's right. If you get on Betfred Sportsbook right now, the Bengals' odds to win the Super Bowl are, are – it's more likely that the Bengals win the Super Bowl than it is that they win the division. <laughs> so, Casey, please, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I, just, I thought I heard something funny, and then alarms are going off. They're okay, mugging all, to the streets after you just said <laughs> – stop stop it. <laughs> In all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I do think that the Bengals, if <laughs> if the Steelers start losing some games, I think the Bengals can beat the Browns. Like, I think that they can start moving up some spots in the wild card race at least. And like I said, deep down in my heart, I still think that there's a tiny chance. You were the you look same at the Ravens schedule. guy. You and Elliot yeah. were the only two. Not Reed. Not me. Not Trace. Mm-hmm. Not Spur. Yep. Not even Jacob, okay? Not even Quitter Paul. Yeah. They, they, the only two guys to spell the word, as we affectionately do around here, in making reference to the Bengals season after Burrow went down and they lost to the Steelers, you and Elliot said their chances of even making the playoffs were D-U-N. Done. Yep. Not D-O-N-E, D-U-N. I know, I know what I said, but look at you. Look at their schedule, and let me just take you take you on a, a train down memory Please lane. Please do because this is like taking because, a drug of some kind. This because is, this I can let me, rip let off into Never Never Land for this the next year. This is the same as 2021. I know where you're going. No, no, no. It's not even 2021. It's just 2022. Just take a t- take a trip down last year. Okay. And the Raven the Ravens played the Jags, the Dolphins. And the Steelers. The Jags, the Dolphins, and the Steelers. They lost all three of those games. Okay. They lost all three of them because they couldn't get it done. They had a chance to win against the, the Jags, 
They drove down the field. You miss a kick. Well, they couldn't get into field goal range. It was too far anyways. It was like a 60-plus yard field goal. Um, that was never going to happen. Lamar let them down. Couldn't get close enough. Okay. 49ers are the best team in the league by far. If there's going to be a team to beat the Ravens, it's going to be the 49ers. Okay, that's, that's a fair and then, point. And then if Tyreek Hill is healthy, the Dolphins last year torched the Ravens. I mean, they put up 400, yeah, 400 yards, yep. and it was a back-and-forth game. Yep. But in the end, the Dolphins came up on top on that one. And then last year, Ravens did not play the Steelers very well. And they've already lost to the Steelers this year, 17-10. to 10. They do not play the Steelers well at all. In fact, Lamar looks awful against them. He's made two crucial mistakes, having two losses against them in his career. I don't think it's as far-fetched as you think. Oh, my God. I really don't. T okay. Tom, on right. Monday of last week, Casey said that this season, this year, was the most disappointing That's right. year in Cincinnati That's sports right. history. This year, he's, he's talking about how they're going to run the table just, just 10 days later. Ten days later, they're going to run the table. <laughs> uh, Justin says, I always thought my wife was the most delusional, diehard Bengal <laughs> fan I've ever met. And then along comes Casey. That's right. Don't know that one. All right. Casey, so, why don't you put on your uh, pants hat? Put on my yeah, pants hat? you got to put that on. <laughs> Just put it back on, on please. <laughs> Somebody says, Casey, please try and push away from the eggnog. <laughs> All right. Mix in a cup of coffee every now and again. Tom, who's your pick? I do pick? need a coffee. Or some, or some uh, pine I do water. need a coffee. I'm tired. Okay. Um, I, I'm definitely going with the Colts in this one. I, I'm, I just think the Steelers are just not very good. And, and I think that Indy has a chance to reach 20 points before the Steelers do in this game. So, I'm going with Indy. Okay. What's next up? Mr. All right. McAllister, back in your lid. You're looking good. Yep. Okay. Next is Cowboys versus Bills. Oop, that record's not right. Let me change that real quick. This is a big-time game here. I mean, this is a big-time game. Bills are fighting for their playoff lives every week, just like the Bengals are and a number of others that we've talked about today. Uh, and you got the Cowboys who, what, five in a row? And they just destroyed Philadelphia last weekend at home. Now, a lot of people think that they look very different on the road than they do – you know, at home, on that turf, inside, all those kinds of things. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I haven't watched him enough. All right. Buffalo, a two-point favorite. Reed? Uh, it's supposed to rain. It's supposed to be kind of like – it's not going to be cold. It's going to be like 50 degrees there up in Buffalo on right. Sunday. I'm going to – listen, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills here. I think, I think they're actually going to show out. Um, I might even take an alt line on the Buffalo Bills. I might take the minus six and a half. I think they win by a touchdown, Tom. Really? Yep. Okay, I'm going to tell you, you're, you're right about this weather here. I mean, they're saying, yeah, saying 80% chance of rain. They play on grass, right? Yeah. Buffalo's grass, right? Yeah. So it's going to be muggy. Yep, give me the bills. Okay, go ahead. I will take the Dallas Cowboys. I believe it's a sisty-wisty the Dallas Cowboys are. So, I don't know. I think the Cowboys are a better team. That's what it comes down to here. Okay. All right, Casey? Yeah, um, I think that lots of people are wanting to pick the bills because the line doesn't make sense. They look at the weather and you're thinking, well, it's going to be rainy and and there's they're playing on grass. Well, Bills have to play in those same conditions too. Yeah. And let me tell you, I don't think they play very well in the rain. I I think it's going to be a game where they're going to be handing the ball off 30 times. And if you're going to ask me which team is better at doing that, it's the Cowboys. The Cowboys 
plus two. I think they get it done. Wow. Okay, I'm taking Buffalo. I just think at home, I, I think they're going to be ready to go. And they look like a team that was fighting and had a lot of fight in them last week in that victory at Browning Head Stadium. Okay, uh, and we have the fighting Bengals, or is that it? We have another game. We, we have got the Brownies. We got the Brownies. No, we just have the Bengals. All right, I thought we had the Browns. Well, we, we've done five. Well, this will be five. Well, I know, but I mean, you know, it's a big weekend. We're getting near the end. I can make uh, another one if you want. Let's, yeah, dial that up, because let's, let's see if we, we got to have picked that one, too. We always do the AFC North. All right, uh, Bengali's three-point favorite, Mr. Mouse. Yeah, the more and more I think about this game, the more and more it scares me. This is a game the Bengals need. It's a game that the Bengals should win. They're they're playing maybe some of their best football, most inspired football that they've played all year long, and that's with a backup quarterback. Vikings coming in with a third-string quarterback. But that being said, my pick this week is Minnesota. Give me the Vikings. It's a Joe Biden reference. That's your guy. Uh, that is your guy. That is Tom's guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to oh, yeah. go with the Batlin Bengals. Batlin Bengals. I love it. The fighting Zach Taylors. What about it, Pants Man? It's about cult. Yeah, uh, minus three. I'm going to take the Bengals anyways. I think they can get it done. I think they can win by a field goal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the, 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 the Batlin Bengals as well. By the way, uh, there's a lot of a lot of people getting down on our on Turbo Turbo Duran here on the chat today. Why are people down on Turbo Duran? Yeah, I don't understand Turbo Duran, Tom. He's about making money. Yeah, um, he's got maybe the best chat in this show's history. He, he pops in about once every three months, and he doesn't understand why people you know watch our show. He's about making money. He's got girls. He's got money. He's got what? He's got girls. He's got money. He hustles. Here in town? I don't know where he's at, but wherever he is, he has girls. He's got money. And he beats down people for watching this show? Correct. Then his name will never be brought up again? He's Turbo Durant. Turbo out. That kind of hurts, Turbo. (laughs) I mean, that kind of hurts. That really hurts. There go the car alarms again. I mean, I'm telling you, this morning when I was in the studio, I'm How not kidding. This is a true story, okay? Yeah. This morning I'm here. It's really early. It's still dark out. I'm sitting in here, and all of a sudden I hear this screaming outside. I mean, it was, it was scary. I'm not kidding. Was it a guy? Was it a... I, I go over to the window over there, and I'm looking out, and I can't see anything going on. I come to the window, and it was dark out. I come to the window over here, and I can't see anything going on. And the screaming had stopped by the time I, I get to both of the windows. Scared the daylights out of me. And, and all day today, we're hearing car alarms go off. I mean, I don't know if stray bullets are hitting cars and sending off. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. What, what are you laughing at, Casey? That's just, that's all just right, funny. Okay. All right. Bears and Browns, minus three. Brownies at home. All the injuries. Justin Fields is playing very, very well. We talked about that at the beginning of the week. I'm going first, and I'm taking the Chicago Bears Woo! to cover this one. I think the Brownies, the, 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 um, the uh, injuries have to catch up with this team sooner or later, and they're dropping like flies. And I hate to say that because I don't want to see anybody ever get hurt. All right. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are playing wow. decent football. I think the Bears are playing decent football. I think they're playing decent football. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I'll take the Chicago Bears. I will take the Cleveland Browns to cover this Wow! Home. The reason, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've picked everyone against what the Bengals need. 
Like I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm picking the opposite of my heart. Okay. All right. So yeah, give me the Browns. That's good stuff. Okay, Case. Uh, who? I would not be the guy that continuously calls them the stinkiest That's team right. in the league and pick against them. So right. yeah, I'm picking the Bears this time. Uh, I Go have Bears. to. I have to agree with somebody here. Uh, I forget who who mentioned it, but the, the injuries got to catch up to, at them at some point, right? Like, well, they do. They do. It's just a matter of time. It's it's really un, it's hard to believe because it just the feel of this season. It is hard to believe the Bengals are only one game behind the Browns. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's insane. It's insane. Just the feel of the year. But man, these are big pieces that are getting plucked out of that 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 Cleveland lineup. Man, Dewan Jones has had a great year. That's your guy. That's my guy. It's our guy. That is our it's guy. our guy. The one no Bengals didn't want him. No, didn't, didn't want big Dewan Jones killing, mauling people out there. He's like the lawnmower man on a tall concrete sidewalk over there, mowing them down. <laughs> what, what, what are you laughing about? Nothing. Uh, I think He's it's laughing time, at the, the jokes time, you're spreading. It's time, for cha- it's time for chat power rankings. All right, let's go. Who's uh, doing it today? Me. Chat power wank- rankings brought to you by Elliot Rearing. Let's go. Uh, honorable mention. I got a couple honorable mentions. First up, Randy. Called me human. Who does? Randy. Oh, Randy called you human. Yeah, Ra- Randy's my guy. Uh, good week for Randy. Honorable mention. Next up, we got Spirit Cat. Spirit oh, Cat I is, love Spirit Cat. Spirit Cat's been alive and more than ever this week, it seems. But, you know, I, I got to do it by statistics, and some of the other guys were ahead of him. Otherwise, the big thing is he, he, needed, an, he needed an honorable mention. Number, I love Spirit Cat. Yeah. He's a good man. Yeah, he is. No, good number man. 12. Or sorry, uh, uh, the third honorable mention goes to Mouse Cop. Mouse Cop and I have had our rift the past several weeks, but he's he's on the right track. He's on the right track to winning back my heart. Uh, next week, I'm sure he'll be top five if he keeps this up. But right now, he's honorable mention. There you go, Mouse. And the final the final honorable mention yes goes to uh who did I just do Ricky Logan Ricky Logan there it is Ricky Logan Big honorable mention guy. 49ers fan not a Bengals fan but that's okay. All right, top 10. CJ Elfers, the GOAT. Yep. CJ's had a great week. Congratulations, CJ. You are in the top 10. Get the godfather from Genus. That's right. Week 9. I don't get the reference. Week, week 9, Sir Boy. Again, Sir Boy, been, have, Sir Boy and I have had our little riff yeah, again yeah. the past couple weeks. Yeah. Water under the bridge. He's slowly earning that spot back to be number one, but right now he will be number nine. Dude, he did a phenomenal job in our chatterbox off the bench. Yeah. Top five, five moments. moments. Top five moments. He did. Uh, Sir Boy, you did a great job. Great Go job, ahead. Sir Boy. I didn't make any of the cut on those, but that's okay. Uh, number eight, we, we have to have a top five moment. We have Drew. We have Drew Garrison. Nothing needs to be said. Drew Garrison, man of Michigan. <laughs> number eight. Uh, number seven, we have Justin. Justin's my guy. Justin fought with Tom that one week, and ever since, I still use Tom's picture as his profile picture. I love it. Uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin, God bless you, and I love you. Uh, number six, Brian B. Brian B. is all the way back. I am very happy that yes. Brian B. is back in this chat. He was gone for several months. Yep. He is back and better than ever. I love you, Brian B. You're at number six this week. Number five, Nick Mormon. Nick Mormon. That's a good-looking picture. That's a very good-looking picture. Nick Mormon always brings the heat. Nick Mormon loves Drew Sample, and he loves giving out hockey winners, Tom. I'm sure. Yes, you he does. Have That's you wrote good. any of them yet, Tom? Uh, no, nah, I haven't, but I I'm have, thinking yeah. about it. That's unfortunate. Uh, all right, so after that, we have number four. We got Molly. Molly, Molly purchased us. Oh, several- my God. Mo- 
Oh, yeah. oh my god. Go ahead. Molly purchased us several hats. And Casey show you again. Look at that. Look That's at that. a big time hat. Look at that. Thank you, Molly, for that the hats. You are number four. Hat. Number three. Jordan Earhart. Who's Jordan there? Jordan has had a phenomenal week this week. He had a great day today. And this is worthy of a number three spot in the chat power rankings. Congratulations. Number two, Everett. Oh boy! This is the more I love. That's my favorite picture. This is this is this is the, why. I just think it's beautiful. I just think, I think it, it is. I think they it say is the old it adage: uh, "Picture is worth too. a thousand words." Uh, Everett is the moral leader of this of, of this chat. Without Everett, we we break off into anarchy in there. So, Everett, uh, thank you very much. Love you, and we'll try to get you a salmon sweater at some point here. Number one, and it always is because he is the guy. He is the king. It is Mark Fetters. Mark, Mark Fetters, Fetters several months ago took over this chat, and he hasn't let go ever since. Thank you, Mark Fetters. Thank you, everybody. What a spectacular week. We have a lot of people coming up with some very creative names. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> certainly is. We do. Uh, you know, it's great to have uh, back in the, uh, back in the uh, chat this week, and, and we still have a, a what to get to here. We still have a cherry on top. Tom, someone disagreed with uh, Elliot's list. He said, your, least, your list is weak, buddy. Do you, you want to read off that name? I, I can't. Say, well, where are you talking about? Your list is weak. Your I don't see is, it. Uh, it's, right, it's right in between a Jordan and Jordan a and Max, Max Carter. Carter. It's about eight chats up. Read his name. Oh, you're, you're talking about uh, our buddy Naughty. Not, that's right. Naughty, what's his last yeah, name? Yeah, I mean, Naughty's, you know, look, he's joined. The, it's good to have him back today. It's great to have, um, uh, and you spell it, B-A-W-H-L-S, Mr. Balls. He's yes, back right. here today, that's so right. it's good to have them back, too. All right, do Naughty, we have a uh, cherry on top? Naughty Two Slurps. What? That's his name, Naughty Two Slurps. That's his name. I just read the name. Go ahead. Naughty, Naughty Two Slurps. What's the song balls? you want to I don't know. <laughs> Isn't there a song that you wanted to play for? No, no. What? Cherry on top. What is it? A song? It's a song, right? You can do the waitress's uh, Christmas wrapping. Yeah. Or do this is our cherry on top. The waitresses. So you do know the song? No, I don't. I'll tell you if I know it when I hear it. Do you know the band? The waitresses. Yeah, I think they were a one-hit wonder with just this one Christmas. No, but I, I mean, there, there's a chance I might like some of their stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disparage them in any form or fashion because I don't know off the top of my head. I like a lot of different kinds of music. So '80s pop. Christmas I, you know, songs. I would probably like the, the, this band there. The waitress. For, for some reason, I feel like I have heard of them because I mean, I'm an '80s guy. Let's go, go ahead and play it. Roll it. Here we go. All right, let's hear it. This is Mark Bass's favorite Christmas This song. looks like me as a drummer. Put up the video. Put the picture up. <laughs> is that Geraldo Rivera? <laughs> I like the look this already. Is a jam. I gotta tell you.
like song. This is a great Christmas song, Tom. Most of anyone pass along those lines, so deck those halls, trim those trees, raise up cups of Christmas cheer. I just need to catch my breath. I have to say, I like the band. There's nothing there that made me feel Christmassy whatsoever. So for anybody to put them in a top four, in fact, the next scene, she's having a cigarette. <laughs> it was just drifting off to the right over there. Is that there. not a part of your Christmas time? No, it's not, in fact. And, 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 that, or at that, least, what? Didn't that Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th Street, didn't he rip cigs that whole movie? Well, I mean, back in those days, like you said, you know, back yeah. in those days, I mean, every you could good, advertise. Every good snowman has a corncob pipe. Well, they do. You're right. You're right. So maybe we'll break those out tonight. Uh, George Santos says that's a horrible song. <laughs> he's got George his own, Santos. He's got his own prison. issues right now. All right. Um, everybody, we thank you. We got Box Lunch coming up. Casey, you're the host today, right? That's right. That's going to be exciting. Uh, I hope everybody has an awesome weekend. We're, we're counting down now. We're getting down to those last. Well, we're down now to the, to the 12 days of Christmas. That's not true. Right. In the day, the 14th. Ten days. So, Ten days. Tom, the 12 days of Christmas, the first day of Christmas is on Christmas. The tw it's the 12 days following Christmas because the three wise men got to Jesus 12 days after he yes. was alive. Yes. So the yes. first day of Christmas is December 25th, and the, the Christmas season is the 12 days following Christmas. Well, we are excited that we're getting close to the 12 days in front of. We are officially 11 days and counting now. Correct. Right? All right. All right, everybody, have a great uh, rest of your weekend. Big one for the Bengals, who are back here Monday. Talk about what happened. Are they still going to be in the playoff hunt? We shall find out. Big one tomorrow at 1 p.m. the AFC North hunt. Yeah, and their, and their charge for the AFC North title begins tomorrow. Box lunch coming up. Here we go.